Welcome back, ghouls and goblins, to Anime Was Not a Mistake, our incredibly scary anime retrospective podcast. Uh, you opened the box and summoned me. I am Dan Ryan, and joined as always by my co-host. Let's turn up the juice and see what shakes loose. I'm Jonathan Kwiatkowski, and the only <laughs> scary thing is staring at you <laughs> for the next hour and a half, Dan. That's my Betty Davis, <laughs> if anyone wants to know. What a dumb... <laughs> bravo, bravo. Yeah, well, we have to instill culture into this podcast and i'm not hung over so i'll be talking today <laughs> just so you know um today as promised we uh i i we thought up a little fun event yes that uh could be fun could be terrible we don't know i mean but it is the stupid, spooky, skipped Halloween, ep- uh, skipped Halloween episode, spooktacular. Sure, and that'll be uh, great to go on a T-shirt, a mug, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anything that you'll be willing to purchase. Right? Um, uh, really rolls off the tongue, yeah. doesn't it, Dan? Something really festive. Uh, we'll say first annual, but it might be physically impossible to do it again. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but before that, as always, do we have any anime, life, movie, video game news to discuss before we get started? I mean, I have some. Light, very light news. I have four news stories on the docket. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them being concerning your mastery of Pokemon. So yes. I'll, I'll leave them to you uh, oh, okay. when we get there. I, I guess I'll start with the the two minor movies that I saw. The first was I I caught the latest Wes Anderson joint, The French Dispatch. How was it? It was good. I mean, I have recently watched all his uh, uh, filmography recently mm-hmm. um, this year. I reviewed them all, and. Um, I liked sections of this. It's divided into vignettes. So you have like an Adrian Brody vignette. You have a Jeffrey Wright vignette. Mm-hmm. You have a, a Timothy Chalamet vignette. Um, I think one of them, and I mean my bias is showing because Adrian Brody, like I've been a stand since like I could see cinema for the first time. Yeah. Like he's one of my favorites. Uh, his really stood out to me and it was the first one. So, like, the rest of the movie did not live up to that first one to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we were talking as a group. We saw it, um, Matt and his wife, uh, lovely wife April. Um, and we each had, like, differing opinions on which one we liked the most. I think I liked the first one because it dealt with, like, art connoisseur in the prison environment. Mm-hmm. It, it's very Wes Anderson. And you could tell that he's, uh, you know, it's typical Wes Anderson fare. It's what you would expect. It's nothing out of the park. Um, I do prefer some of his earlier work. I don't think he has... Uh, Done as good as Moonrise Kingdom or Grand Budapest mm-hmm. um, in a while, but uh, I could see where he's going here. I think he may be um, delving into like a fully 2D animated realm soon because oh, okay. the last vignette has like a third of it is fully 2D animated. Okay. And it just jumps out. And I think that that would have serviced this movie more if that was, like, even fully animated. I don't know about movie budgets or anything, but it's what you would expect. We love Wes. Mm -hmm. I love his. I I also think, I mean, it's just, like, it's a little schmaltzy, cute, Mm over-pretentious. So you should know that going into, like, a Wes Anderson movie. It's like, oh, they're going to be talking fast. They're going to be using uh, multiple syllable vocabulary words. (laughs) Quaint little symmetrical sets. Everything (laughs) is perfectly quaint and symmetrical. And then a returning cast that's slightly spiced up. The cast is here. It's the Smash Bros of, uh, I mean, I'll say it, Caucasian cast. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 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 That's my one flaw with it. I think that 
he could use a little bit more diversity in this. Mm-hmm. And he does give Benicio Del Toro and Jeffrey Wright a lot to do in this, but I feel like we can do a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, Tilda Swinton steals the show. Of <laughs> As always. Of yeah. <laughs> Madame Blanc <laughs> steals the show yet again. Um, and then... Dan, I finally know what these Star Wars kids are talking about. Yeah. I've been converted. I hate to say it. I saw Dine Villanus. <laughs> Dune. <laughs> 2021. And, I mean, it's a gap in my radar. I was not familiar with the book. I did not see the David Lynch original, mm-hmm. um, which is very unlike me. Because I, I do love to read and I do love film. But sci-fi I usually take a dip on. Um, it's not my favorite thing, but I, while sitting in the Lincoln Center biggest IMAX screen in the country, was changed by Dune 2021. It had me gripped. It was two and a half hours of beautiful film, wonderful sound design. I, I was transported to, I couldn't name the planets for you, but uh, the, uh, the spice was strong. There was no. spice melange. You, you, you've inhaled the spice yeah. melange. You see yeah. with eyes unclouded now. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, I'm fully there for it. The costume design, everything was wonderful. I was uh, enraptured, Dan. I haven't had a cinematic experience like that for a while. I I am not a Dune expert by any stretch. Uh, when this movie was announced as happening, I started reading the the first book. I'm halfway through it, mm. not because it's uh, I I've I've just I've put it down mm. one too many times <laughs> to uh, read stupider things like Star one Wars. Piece, yes. uh, <laughs> but I, you know, if you want to go back to some kind of prototypal sci-fi tropes and everything like maybe not something that did something first but you know kind of set the standard for it dune falls into that Mm. apparently as it keeps going people have less kind words about the sequels uh frank uh if i'm mispronouncing is it herbert herbert i think (laughs) um he wrote a few more and then his son took over and i think it's people debate as to whether or not the quality dips. Uh, but the first one is certainly, you know, uh, a go-to sci-fi epic. Um, the movie stands out. The original, the the David Lynch one, stands out just to its weirdness. Mm. The fact that it happened at all. Um, and there's also some fascinating stories about out there about... Uh, I think it was, it was either what was in the planning phases before David Lynch took over... Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that was it. Uh, there's a whole documentary out there that was that was put out, mm-hmm. I think, last year about the version of Dune that was being planned before David Lynch took it. Yes, like the the character designs, some like cinematics and stuff like that, and that's a fascinating story um, because a lot of people assume that this was a really really difficult story to adapt. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing from what you've described, people have described this is this splits the book in half. Yes, Which it is, splits yeah. the book in half. Um, it's flopping currently. Yes. But um, it did cost $35 million less than I just read today, Jungle Cruise. Yes. Like, what kind of world do we live in? <laughs> How does that happen? This is a gorgeous movie. I get that it's like... I mean, I knew nothing going in. I knew that the Baron floats. I knew there was a Baron character that floats and yeah. he's like, whatever. And then I knew that spice was a thing. And then, of course, the sandworms, because that's been in, like, the popular zeitgeist forever. But I was invested. I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. This has been a property? (laughs) Yeah, it it has. It's, you know, uh, who knows what path this could lead you down. Mm. Um, But 
but yeah, I, I don't, uh, that's perhaps a, a headier conversation for another day yeah. as to what is happening with movies, because a lot of people are saying that since COVID made things, you know, streaming stuff more convenient, mm -hmm. people don't, they, they might, it might be more difficult to convince people to come out for big ass epic scale movies yeah. if if they could if they would rather watch a three hour thing at home as mm -hmm. opposed to In you know theater. a quicker not you know like a quicker like action packed something mm -hmm. like a less you know heady movie a popcorn movie maybe yeah in the theater, they'll do that instead of going to see like a three hour crime drama that mm -hmm. that wouldn't have any. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know, will will they adapt? Will they keep doing it? Because mm -hmm. it, it's been a cer it's certainly been a thing where a lot of directors have said like we're not going to put these on streaming services. Yeah. They must open in theaters, and you know it. They don't do it. It's a risk. Yeah. Yeah. It's a risk. Yeah. So I mean, I I get the merit of seeing this in a theater, especially with a good sound system, because the score is like amazing. Um, I mean, I was just blown away by it there was something else i was going to say about it too but it it slipped my mind uh, maybe it'll come to me as we talk anyway but mm -hmm. i i would highly recommend it checking out on hbo max if you're home this is not something to be missed oh the thing that i was going to say is it's set up for a sequel obviously being half the book mm -hmm. and it's built the opening title is dune part one yes so i would hope that they have the uh foresight to like you know make a second part now <laughs> Despite, like, the financial foibles that it may face. Well, there's Such a lot... Such alliteration, Jonathan. There's <laughs> a... Yeah, there's a lot of eyes on it. Mm -hmm. So, I think if, if, if they don't take advantage of making that part two and telling that story, they're not going to get another chance at this for a very long time. Mm. That's the sense I would get. Yeah. Considering, even as special effects started improving, they never touched it after the David Lynch thing. Mm -hmm. So... Who knows? It might just be a matter of a contractual obligation. It might be something else. But mm -hmm. I feel like if they don't strike while the iron's hot, then it's not going to, you know... No, I don't think people are going to be waiting on bated breath for another director to to tell the same part over again. So, mm. who's to say? Yeah. Um, I've said too much. What of you this week, Dan? Uh, not much. <laughs> Um, life has been busy. Mm. I am trying to, you know, manage time. You're a single mom who works two jobs, who loves her kids and never stops, yeah. with gentle hands and the heart of a fighter. I'm a survivor. Yeah. But uh, that being said, I did finish The Sopranos. <laughs> oh, I saw Saints of Nork. We have to talk about that then, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I finished Sopranos, and then I immediately followed up with The Many Saints of Newark. Oh, you watched it too! Yeah. We could talk about it then. Yeah. I saw it this week too, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was not as good. Uh, no, it wasn't. It <laughs> <No>. wasn't. <laughs> what did they do to Sill? What, did they cast a clown to play Sill? Um... um so yeah, I guess that's the the biggest thing I have to bring is was was that yeah. uh, loved the Sopranos. Yeah. I've convinced many, even even my own family, to start watching that show. Mm. I've been speaking its praises from the rooftops for this show that Only is long years over. Too late, Dan. Yes, but uh, you know, new to me. Um, <laughs> but the Many Saints of Newark was. Um, first of all, you you can't sit down and watch it unless you've watched the show because. I feel like 
If, if you went in blind, yeah. a lot of things would not have yeah. any meaning. Yeah. Like, a lot of the references and other yeah. things would, would, uh, would, you know, the context would be completely lost on mm-hmm. you if it's not, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, that's a reference to that. That's mm-hmm. gonna happen mm-hmm. to him. That's mm-hmm. symbolic of this. Tray tables! He was killed over tray tables, Dan! Uh, you know. There were a lot of Easter eggs, though, that I was, like, having watched the series and having in my memory, like, the part where... Um, Thaisa, not Thaisa Famagia, Vera Famagia, mm-hmm. is shot through her bun, yes. like, in the car. I was like, oh, Janice said that in the show! Yeah, that's Remember? the story. I was like, yeah. yeah! The story Tony got yeah. pissed about. Yeah, Um, and other things, uh, what was it? The, the, the varsity athlete crap yeah, that yeah. happens in yeah. front of the, oh, the girl it cousins. it made me, and I knew something was off about Uncle June the whole time, but I was like, my my theory is confirmed. He is yeah. not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are reaffirming that yeah. he, is, he is a very bad person. Yeah. Um, all kinds of little visual shout-outs as, as, you know, the whole thing goes through. Um, really liked m- most of the cast. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, you know... Michael Gandolfini and, and young yeah. Carmella were, were spot well, on. Young for the Carmella brief gets two lines and a shove, Dan. Yeah, but they... <laughs> I mean, it's a real Jonathan turn. <laughs> they... Tony, stop! <laughs> you know, but I would I would want to see more of yeah. them because it doesn't feel like yeah. either of them... Like, a lot of the, the cast that we recognize don't get to do a lot. Mm-hmm. And instead, the, the focus is placed on another yeah. character's father. Yeah. Uh, um, Christopher Molisanti's dad, played by Billy Magison of yes. Broadway fame. I saw him on Broadway with uh, Grant in uh, Vanya and Sonia, Tanya, Masha, and Spark. <laughs> it, <laughs> what? I mean, it, it's, a, uh, it's a Chekhov parody that we saw Sigourney Weaver into, so oh. it, was like a big, it was a big deal. Um, but I was like, oh, getting some, some work here. I like that. There were some theater people here in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that um playing Tony's mom, uh, Vera, did a great job. Oh, yeah. no, no. She's a dynamo. Yeah. She, she is I mean, amazing. she's in a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. And, and she, she yeah. rocks them all. She she really does, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. She she portrayed the mom perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there were aspects, like like I said, they made Syl the clown. <laughs> Yeah, and they they kind of, they did the thing. It was the thing where, like, I'm cast as that person, and, like, I'm walking and talking as them, but I'm playing it for comedic effect, and I was like, he could use a little bit more seriousness. Like, give this to Polly. Yeah. Like, uh, well, no, that's that's literally what I was gonna say. It's just, like, how do we telegraph that these are them younger, and then it's like... They you know, never age, Dan. They're just the same person forever. Like, someone with curly hair walks yeah. in, there's like, who wants to watch Suspiria? Yeah. Well, that we, must be Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. And it's like, like, okay, just, you know, the thing with the, the, that the, with the series was that it trusted the audience mm-hmm. to kind of not be stupid, yeah. so yeah. you don't have to, like... Force feed us. Yeah, and it, it just, it felt like there were a lot of moments, Well, that like, flopped too, Dan, so, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not doing well financially, except in the state of, or uh, the sunny state of New Jersey, where we currently live. Really? Yeah, it's huh. done the best here. The nation just, uh, scorned it. I wonder why. Yeah, it, uh... It seems it, like you gotta be here to understand the culture. <laughs> it, well, yeah, and, and it's, it's, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's got the lore there. Mm-hmm. If you want the lore, you, you watch it. But certainly save it until the, like, after the series, you know, mm. your your watch is complete. Because, yeah. again, I, I don't think it, uh, you know, and there's a lot of talk that they might, you know, do some other continuation of mm-hmm. a prequel yes, thing. I read that. That focuses on, like, 
the Italian and black criminal elements, yeah. like, fighting yeah. each other for supremacy in mm-hmm. Newark. Mm-hmm. But, which which is a, you know... the, yeah, the it's original, a storyline. Like, Tony yeah. in his 20s, how he rose to power. I would like to see it. Yeah. But after this... Maybe, as Matt said when we saw this together, maybe limit that to, like, a miniseries. Yeah. Because I think this movie would have functioned better as that, too. Certainly. Yeah. And and it hasn't, uh, you know, the the... What happened with Game of Th- the last season of Game of Thrones hasn't stopped them from making that House of the Dragon True. thing. So yeah, I won't be watching that, that. I think is a much bigger financial investment. Mm. So it, who knows? Mm. But um, but yeah, yeah. And uh, the last thing I have is uh, some Pokemon news. Oh yes, yes. Um, that's the only thing I I did watch Pokemon Evolutions the plan. Featuring my favorite villain. Yes. <laughs> and I said, is this my backstory, Dan? I'm pretty sure. This is where I found you yeah. running around in the woods. I only understand Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. yeah, my 10-year plan has finally come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> All to be <laughs> blasted away by a fucking pig. A fire pig. <laughs> I oh, can't. God. But it, it was great. I love the Pokemon evolutions. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's doing what the anime... I mean, in our long discussion of Pokemon last week, this is what I want out of a Pokemon anime. Yes, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it was just it was just cool to because there's like the the darker stuff that you know the the main show probably won't touch, but mm-hmm. as a whole, they seem to be willing to take more risks with what they in eight minutes across shorts, all yeah. the animated mediums. They're mm-hmm. they're they're getting there. Yeah, uh, I think the next one because they're saving it until after. BDSP is the Sinnoh one, mm-hmm. uh, so that's December. Uh, so uh, we'll have a short gap, but but yeah, and then uh, got some Fox friends. Oh yes, we did. Now is that cameraman dead? Uh, well, probably not. He, mm. he might have fled, perhaps, or he fell off the mountain and died. Any, yeah, and died. Yeah, <laughs> but he wasn't eaten or anything. Probably mm. not, but. Mm. Yeah, we got some new redesigns for some classic faves. Yeah, the Hisuian uh, Zorua and Zoroark. Two faves already, but now more beautiful than ever. Yeah. Um, still will not pick up this game, <laughs> but I'll be there along for the ride. I'll of be course. watching over your shoulder. The Jiminy Cricket, if you would. Yeah, they yeah. they appear to be ancient uh, Zoruas or whatever, uh, normal ghost type. Which... Interesting. Yeah. Four immunities? Three I immunities? I believe so, yeah. yeah. So... Um, if Legends had competitive play, it, mm. it, uh, it would, it would, it won't, yeah. it would be a big deal there, but yeah. I'm assuming that these will be integrated somehow into the future. Of course. Um, uh, you or know, heads will roll, Dan. You know, <laughs> I like the, uh, even if it doesn't make sense with the time, yeah. I enjoyed the little found footage thing. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't badly animated, it, you know, so more of that, yeah. do more of that, like, you know. Again, it it's because of the the phone that's making people upset because yeah. there's an Arceus smartphone uh, that I think recorded mm-hmm. stuff. So is this a, uh, does it take place in the current age or back then? Well, they had video features on a phone back then, so and there's gonna be time. I'm assuming there's gonna be time travel. Oh. We can only we can only assume. Yeah, we can only hope, and then it'll go the Kingdom Hearts route, <laughs> yeah. and then you'll have to call me. <laughs> you know, and it and the Margot it... Martindale on the phone. <laughs> You know, Stan? <laughs> and it's it was cool because uh, as we uh, we were in high school watching Gen Five come out, yes, the the foxes were the first two that got unveiled, yes. and it was quite a time. Mm-hmm. The, the Roaring Twenties had to be alive. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you had to see it. Before the collapse, it was, yeah. you know, it was all there. Yeah. Um, when are we going to have the conversation where it's like, uh, this is Dan Ryan. He'll strangle me in 10 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. The shot of your tombstone. Just, yeah, yeah, give me a monologue. <laughs> There row, is. row, row your boat gently down the street. And it flashes me to, like, eating a popsicle yeah. while playing my DS. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm gonna die for this, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan always hated me. My balloon pops, my ice cream drops. Mm. I, got a, I got a pinwheel beanie on. I'm just like, I'm going he to hell for him. cries when I'm around. <laughs> so. Something about that. And then the audience goes, oh, I see. Yeah. He knew. He knew back then as a baby. <laughs> some random kid like comes in you know what i'm thinking i really want to go to space yeah oh that must be grant yeah yeah see work at nasa <laughs> he's having a an yeah. unnatural conversation that friends would have had several times already but yep. he's re-establishing yep. it so we know yeah. it's <laughs> yep 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 again it had moments it had it, it had a few moments yeah but it was not good it was not good yeah, so my you. dad wants me to take over his restaurant. <gasps> oh, it's him. <laughs> but who could it be? But yeah, we mm. got uh, we got that. I mean, otherwise, video game wise, I've been playing through Metroid Dread uh, in in and three I've for playing through Tales of Arise. Of course, yep, yeah. Yep. Finally, have my full party. Ooh, so I think I'm a third of the way through the game, maybe. Yeah, well, much farther than me. Yeah. I got. I haven't had a chance to sit down and. Mm. And do some gaming in a bit, mm-hmm. aside from Animal Crossing. Oh, preparing, yeah. prepping for two weeks' time. I, I built a whole uh, temple complex for the Godzilla statue. Oh, but I set it up, it. you see, like, I, I set it up. <laughs> you see! <laughs> I, I set it up, like, uh, with, like, those TV cameras, so it looks yeah. like a, a... It looks like my island yeah. sold out their historical site to mm-hmm. film a monster movie. Love and that. that's, yeah. that's the... It says, it says a lot about society. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, yeah. Yeah. But dread is 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 perfect. Like butter. Yeah. What did you do last in dread? Um, I unfroze everything. Ooh. So okay. I'm just exploring. The, I I got all the, I believe I got the vast majority of the power up. So I'm just having a ball, <laughs> a running around ball, exploring. Yeah. It, it you know, Samus controls perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like butter. But but how is Tales of Arise going? I love it. It's still good. It feels like I'm playing an anime. What more could you want, Dan? Hmm. Yeah, no bad things. I hear that there's, like, a, a thing that caused fans to riot in, like, the next sequence of the game, but then they explain that sequence and the fans calm down. They're like, oh, like, like they explain it later in the same story in the game. Okay. They're like, oh, okay. I, I flew off the handle for no reason. Selena pushes the crowd back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Como la flor, Dan. Como la flor. When are we going to watch Selena on this podcast? <laughs> Whatever context we could to, to put that movie uh, uh, on. So. Hey, I mean, good movie. I mean, J-Lo can't act. Oh. <laughs> I say that I'm live. Oh, I'll have to cut that out. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, um, I'm talked out. How about a tangent? <laughs> yes. I wrote down one tangent, but I think we've already done it. No, I so. don't think we have, because I, I just read it now, and I didn't remember saying any of this. Well, then two tangents. Ah. This is already a meaty episode. All right. I'm so going pick to, one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And save another. Unless this is the tangent. Mm. I don't know, Dan. Well, if you think it's good, we'll go with this then. Well, I mean, if um, you have one in your back pocket. Uh, no, yeah. I just, no. I, I wanted to give a shout out, as <laughs> I said, to, uh, well, one, uh, this isn't tangent related, but uh, Chris Ayers yes, passed yes, away. Yes, uh, The voice of Frieza mm. and many, many, many other Young, anime 50 characters. something, right? 
Yes. And then we had that whole Alec Baldwin fiasco this week. Uh, yeah, that a was... A lot of crazy uh, stuff going down. Couldn't have happened to, uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, it was, uh... Who had that camera? Who was taking pictures afterwards? I mean, it is a movie set. I guess people do have cameras, but I don't know. I, yeah, it seems it seems very in character for him to shout something like "I'm going to shoot you if we do another take," and then actually, you mm. know, so. Uh, but a a you know, yeah, I, it, I don't, I don't imagine you know how to continue <laughs> after that. But yes, uh, someone yeah. did die. It, it, I ugh, it <laughs> was no, it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Brings to mind what happened with Brandon Lee, yes. and it's just you know, yeah, it's why it's important. You gotta, there has to be. People gotta fight, they gotta stand, you know, they gotta have standardized things to keep people on set safe across the board, Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, but yeah, that, that I, we'll see what happens to that Irishman (laughs) down the line, uh, but yes, we just did want to give due credit to to Chris Ayers, who has voiced many characters that we've, we either have seen on this podcast or will see, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, so do go look into his work, um, and uh, really, the alternate tangent was just an excuse to talk about Adam's family values. Oh well, Dan, I could talk days about Adam's family values. I, 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 I have not. I'll play the victim. Your whole life, <laughs> but I, I, I can't believe it took you this long to rediscover the perfect things that is Barry Soddenfeld's Adam's Family and Adam's Family Value. No, I, I, two perfect films. I, I have not sat down and watched them since Come I was on. a child. Come on. But sitting down and watching them, you know, they were on, you know, late night, sat through them, and, and holy shit. Debbie. Especially <laughs> Values was just like, yes! every line. It's the superior sequel. It's the best sequel in existence, next to Aliens, probably. Yeah. There is not a single missed opportunity yes! in that entire movie. Yes! For, for, a jo- for like, good Carol jokes. Kane as Grandmama. <laughs> Come on! He's got your father's eyes. Take those out of his mouth, Gomez. <laughs> and then, uh... I'm going uh, into labor. <laughs> do you want an anesthetic no really debbie pastels 12 grand and he's playing mr woo woo <laughs> do women not follow you all the time well, store detectives mostly <laughs> so it's it's oh it's uh, we will be watching yeah. maybe next halloween that'll be an adam's family adam's family value double feature Science fiction double feature. Yeah. Because it's about damn time, Dan. Yeah. Uh, well, and then... And I then, only quote that movie every week at you. <laughs> Malibu Barbie. They had to go. Yeah. And, and uh, that and um, Hellraiser. Yes! Yeah. Suffering. Which is a big... I know Megan the Stallion just dressed as Hellraiser today. She posted the pics. And uh, we recently checked the Discord. There's this... Photos circulating the internet is this cute little chihuahua dressed as Pinhead. Yeah. And it has taken the world by storm. So I'm happy that Clive Barker's Hellraiser is getting the respect it deserves. Yeah, no, it was... The first two... That yeah, that Pieces dog that, that dog pick was a, a synchronicity. But I watched because yeah. uh, you know my my father is also a horror movie fan, so we watched it with my mom, mm. and she actually enjoyed it. She's not a horror fan, and, mm. and she thought the first two were yes were both uh, very very good films. They yeah. and I, you know, it had been a long time since I had sat down and watched those two, but mm-hmm. solid. Yeah, you know, there's uh, the uh, in the second one. The, uh, the doctor who ends up with, like, the appendage coming out of his head when mm-hmm, he goes into, mm-hmm. like, Cenobite form yeah. is... That, that's, like, one of the best creature designs I, I 
would say in a in movie. It's mm-hmm. just like the perfect horror critter. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to those where where it is due. Mm-hmm. That was mainly just to bring up some horror movies. But to segue into the tangent proper, mm. uh, what are some anime villains and monsters? Who would be significantly more horrifying in the real world. As in, they are somewhat blunted by their medium. We can tolerate them a little bit better because they are fed to us in uh, the anime form. But we would probably, you know, it would be truly, uh, you know, philosophically, spiritually horrifying to ever encounter in real life. Yes. Well, the Dark Wizard Corn. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Would be the most horrific thing that I've ever seen. Um, I, I don't think the live actions did it justice, but seeing a Shinigami in the form of Ryuk perhaps would be a little unsettling. Yes. But uh, not a scary one voiced by Willem Dafoe. No. Um, I do have Made in Abyss's Orb Piercer. Yes. Which uh, is horrifying, even in animation, so I can only imagine that being there. And then, of course, we have coming up soon, I believe, the works of Junji Ito. Finally. Uh, yeah. Coming up, uh, I would be nonplussed to be in that universe with yeah. all the body horror present. Just a few off the tip of my tongue. There's the the dog in uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> classic, classic meme. Um, there's a few. The D-Reaper. The D-Reaper. Why can't I remember what that Digimon is? Tamers. Oh, yes, yes. The thing that's... There's that, and then... Is that the, the time thing that's, like, stealing children's time in the new anime thing? There's, like, a D-Ghost... Uh, that... No, that's... Okay. Yeah, no. Right, D-Reaper... Right. D-Reaper was the red, um, eldritch... Yeah blob uh, yes, that was yes. uh, that, season three that kidnapped and tortured mm-hmm. uh jerry i think her name yeah. was yeah, yeah, yeah. uh you know so that a lot of the digimon pulled her limbs yeah. if they were rendered in live action i think would be significantly more because a lot of them have like exposed like mm-hmm. tendons and muscle tissue and shit yeah they are truly well-made abominations yeah well let's talk about the universe of pokemon yes if a Drifloom or a Drifblim came and scooped me up what would i do dan <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> goodbye to the stratosphere to die i mean come on the pokemon lore horrific phantump <laughs> yeah 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 the soul of a departed child yeah. perhaps chandelure <laughs> stealing Any. souls all the ghosties yeah, any 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 of the ghosties, um, even our beloved Gengar. You know, I mean, I guess the existence of most of the legendaries, like things that could wipe out humanity. a lot of yeah. yeah humanity if they wanted to, but mm-hmm. don't. Giratina, Giratina, who I I hope gets a chance to shine <laughs> soon. But don't we all? We will see. Yeah. Apparently, we're not getting hidden base furniture. No. So, so uh, uh, another point against that. Um. Yeah, well, the big the big one was was the Digimon stuff. What about your friend Godzilla? Well, he is in live action. Yeah, I mean, would you like to see him? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. If I had to go out, yes, that's that's what I would I would want to. We do live in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, the coast would be hit first, mm-hmm. so and you'd be first on the scene. I oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> Don't then... shoot him. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> Get out of the way! No. <laughs> Again, I'd just be there with my lollipop and the beanie, yeah. and I'd be like, oh, you're not a real <laughs> "Oh my gosh, you sketch her!" Um, so yeah, yeah, but but he is for the most part as as detailed as they they can get with mm-hmm. their effects and the suits and everything. Yeah. He is live action. Um, yeah, Pokemon we got covered. Uh, I I think there's quite a few 
like if they they had the kind of um you know again because hellraiser was what made me think of this tangent Mm -hmm. with with how like a lot of the puppet work was done even you know in that movie in the thing yeah and everything how how body horror was done i i would say that there's a handful of ones like uh like dbz villains Mm -hmm. like boo and janemba (laughs) and that kind of shit that if they were if they were rendered photorealistically you could do some like (laughs) be scary i'm thinking like that you know they would they would lose some of their goober factor mm-hmm. and be truly horrifying. Um, let's see here. Well, most of the stuff in Vampire Hunter D. Mm. Not that, uh, you know, and again, this yeah. is not to say that, you know, everything is in the proper medium. Everything looks the way it, it, it's supposed to look, you know, and, and the beauty is not, you know, affected in any way by that. But this is purely if they were going to adapt one of these things, you know and adapt it well yeah you know like i think a lot of the titans would be pretty you know mm-hmm. they would be something if you put someone in there who was good with practical effects that could be a treat yeah um i don't want to see anyone with a munchy hand though no <laughs> um yeah i mean i mean the list goes on yeah I'm trying to think what else if detective pikachu's taught us anything it can be done, but it's like, you know, you gotta... Should it be done? You gotta walk that fine line <laughs> along the uncanny valley to, like, make sure that, um, you know, it, it it's... And it could also come down to, 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 like, combining these horror elements with how we've seen things done in serialized movies. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about Cell lately. Yes! Oh, you mean sell the DBZ video, uh, <laughs> DBZ villain? Yes, and not sell the the yet again um, Jenny from the Block. <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> which is also a great movie, wonderful costume design, dreamlike. Highly recommend it. Yeah, no, I'm not thinking about that. Sorry, um, never mind. But you know, building up this this unseen thing that's kind of running through the shadows for a while mm-hmm. and preying on entire communities, then disappearing back into the shadows, like. That whole cell, like, the more I think back to it, and again, as I've explained in many episodes, because of, like, the after-school blocks and everything, Fall always gets me nostalgic for Dragon Ball Z. Mm -hmm. And, you know, watching that whole cell saga unfold, I think that would be one of the coolest things to see adapted into, like, a... Again, not that it's not perfect as it is, Mm -hmm. but if they needed to pull something, you know, just, like... This gigantic fucking cicada shell mm-hmm. is found abandoned in the woods, and then people start dying in, like, concentric rings around it, yep. and then he finally emerges, and he turns into a grim reflection of humanity, because the, the DNA in him is is making him, like, closer to our heroes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I think he would be, he would be a very cool, like existential dread villain mm-hmm. to, to to bring into like live action or something yeah um but yeah that's that's the main that's the main crux mm. a b- a berserk anything yeah. from, oh yes yeah any most of the stuff from hunter uh <laughs> ex- hun- yeah. no hunter hunter yeah. um because you know that that series is a lot of existential dread mm-hmm. so we got Again. Jujutsu Kaisen, we got Yu Yu Hakusho. We do, we do. Yeah, yeah. all these spooks. 
Yu Hakusho could probably benefit from it. And that that live it looks like that live action adaptation is staying as close as they can mm-hmm. to how everyone like looks and acts. Yeah. So I don't know. It has a shot, I'd say. If they if they make the demons legitimately scary, like that's you know That'd be one for the books. Already exists, but we have the Phoenix Wright series bringing the horrors of law. To yes. <laughs> yeah, especially in that universe where law is everything. <laughs> hmm. yeah. Makes you think. Beyblades, where Beyblades oh are my everything. God. Professor Layton, where everything's a puzzle. Yu-Gi-Oh, where <laughs> <laughs> life and death rest on a card. <laughs> so yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But that was that was the main crux for today. Indeed. But, uh, do you have any yeah, you because know, we're 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 going we're going a little informal. To, do you have any other horror gems that you wish to toss out oh that, that you have not that Damn. you have not recommended? Oh my god! Because I I did the two that I had in well, the this barrel, week. So. I rewatched like most of the Halloween original canon to make mm-hmm. way for Halloween Kills, which does not live up to the hype. Let me just say, um, definitely not one of the best. But I mean, there you I could talk for days about this, and I think I would resort to next week so I can prepare myself. Of I think this would be a proper tangent for next week. Of not course, to say that to shoot you down, but give me time to plan. No, so I. I come down with my good answers for that, but that will be next week's yeah. tangent. I'll think of others too. Yes. Um, so yeah, if you approve, we will finally move forward with the stupid, spooky, skipped Halloween episode, Spooktacular. Shamala, we are off. Uh, we're gonna roll out the drawing board. Uh, this is drawing board EVP edition uh, for electronic voice phenomenon, uh, where where uh, a fun party game for all the. The kids out there, uh, when you, uh... Better not put be a Ouija board. I told you about not bringing that into my house. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want you going on AIM and You would not be allowed. <laughs> as, like, Satan Killer 69 and then, uh, you know, threatening to murder me. Mm. Um, so, so Dad wasn't a spy? No. <laughs> so, he, uh... Yeah, the drawing board is hyped out in, in a lot of technology today. Mm. Uh, some of it crude. You find it at most hardware stores. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is looking to detect ghosts. <gasps> You know, uh, later on when we play back the footage, you know, <laughs> you'll see a pale white figure, and it'll just be me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> might hear some, yeah. might hear some farts. I don't know, whatever, whatever the human ear cannot some detect. moaning. You know, also. yeah, it's all there. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so he he's he's scanning to see if there are any signs of paranormal activity. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, it's fitting for today because today's episode has a very simple. But spooky premise. Mm. Uh, For the sake of providing our listeners with a streamlined anime retrospective experience, we've skipped quite a few episodes over the 300 years that we've been doing this. We have, yeah. Without aging a day, as per the bargain. Well, some of us haven't aged a day. I'm not going to say who. We'll leave the audience to guess. You know, because if we shirk our duties, we turn into squids. (laughs) Yes. um, Most of those episodes, for whatever reason, seem to involve ghosts, ghouls, skeletons, Mm -hmm. and other unhappy haunts. Mm. We've skipped a lot of stupid ghost episodes. We have. In fact, I think every series we've watched, we skipped the Halloween stupid spook episode. So, um, I thought it would be a an amusing idea, and you agreed to go back and watch <laughs> yeah, some I of said, these. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, it could be fun, it could be terrible, but it will almost certainly be scary. <laughs> so, um... You know, if and if the premise of the episode makes your eyes roll back into your head and your blood run cold, stick around because we're throwing in a bonus episode, a a ghastly surprise. What could it mean for our viewers? <laughs> yeah. uh, that is not a skipped episode uh, necessarily, but mm-hmm. we figured we would include it for 
Halloween purposes because we reference it on a weekly basis. So why not? Mm. Um, so pre-viewing expectations, uh, but viewing like the the funeral. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I see what you did there, Dan. Who knew Dan could show wit this late in our run, huh? But here we are. Anyways, I'm looking for the tropes today. I'm Mm -hmm. looking for the things that connect these episodes or which one stands out the best. Perhaps we can award one the spooky crown or whatever. I was, uh, you know. The pumpkin hat. Yeah, the pumpkin pumpkin king. (laughs) I'm Jack, the pumpkin king. Oh, where did we watch it? Nightmare Before Christmas. We could do that at Christmas. The Corpse Bride. Oh, my God. Our stop motion spectacular. Oof, that, uh... We can add that onto the Rankin Bass. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm looking for the tropes. I'm looking to see how these uh, episodes connect across all of anime. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm primarily here for today. I w- hope that we see a lot of similarities between them. But if yes. we don't, I get that too. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, so we will be starting with Saint Seiya. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, it has the spooky skeleton variety of, of haunts. <gasps> a spooky scary skeleton? Um, <laughs> and shivers down me spine. <laughs> and it is, uh, Beware Shiryu, the Cemetery of Cloths. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can hear those bones rattling <laughs> in the distance. And I'm not talking about me. <laughs> Your teeth get chattering and the, uh, the Great Dane's here to help you solve some mysteries, oh. so. Mm-hmm. Shall we, uh... Oh, God. They're coming to Give me a pun. Give me Daniel. a pun. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. There we go. We are back from the dead, uh, having just watched uh, several episodes of anime's long gone, not scariest uh, episodes, or partially gone, uh, <laughs> not gone enough. As, some may say, as part of our stupid, spooky, skipped Halloween episode, spooktacular. Mm. Um, and correction, ongoing series, but series that we uh, thought were buried. Yeah, but. Uh, came you know the memories came flooding back mm-hmm. plus we've a covered bonus. a lot on this podcast we have yeah uh not a lot of ghosts though no we seemingly skipped all those <laughs> which which made today possible yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks to viewers <laughs> like you thank you um but uh you know to start things off mm-hmm. you know obviously you know and also to reiterate yeah. when we reach the end we will do our best to crown a the pumpkin, pumpkin king. king yeah <laughs> Jack needs to be retired. <laughs> so, you know, whichever one we think fits the bill for yes. best Halloween episode. Um, you know, and we did touch upon this, you know, in our separate discussions off the mic. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was a thing that a lot of series did. And as you noted, did them early. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the max we go to is like episode 20 in the series. Yeah. And that's still early given the length of these series. I think, personally, it's a good bonding experience for the characters to fe- face a spook it or is. two. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a trope. Like, the tropes are there. The mm-hmm. thing, like, the setup is written and you put the characters together and see how they react in it. And mm-hmm. that's, you know. But it happens a lot. Not only in anime, but, you know, a lot of 
kids' cartoons that we grew up with will get that Halloween episode out of the way pretty quickly because yeah. it's a it's a staple of storytelling. It's so. also like a commercial thing, I think. Halloween, very successful season. Certainly, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it branches the world over. I don't know if the world celebrates it, but yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get the draw. But I like this. It felt like a, a, a Fox Box reunion here. Yeah. I think, because I don't think we've, uh, unless we did those, like, dueling episodes that one time yeah. uh, we've never we've never crammed so much uh i was gonna say candy into our sacks but that doesn't need, sound mm, right <laughs> so <laughs> children man but uh you know but no i thought this was an interesting thing yeah. perhaps we can we can we can meld this figure to some something other out i think you tropes. do a pokemon i do a Yu-Gi-Oh, and we swap yeah yeah as long as long as they are united by certain tropes or you know plot elements mm-hmm. will yeah, it's not impossible. Yeah. Uh, so for starters, uh, I'll take the lead, <laughs> um, and we're gonna start with Leave Saint it to me, Seiya. Saint, Seiya. <laughs> uh, Saint Seiya. I believe it was episode fourteen. Uh, Beware, Shiryu, the Cemetery of Cloths. Actually, it might not. It might have been ten or eleven. I should have written that down. I mean, it's still early. Yeah. Uh, the point still stands. Oh no, very early. Yeah. Uh, literally. Uh, what after what we watched like yes. directly yeah uh and before the boards get angry at us <laughs> this we are not we on this podcast we have not covered chronologically beyond this point mm-hmm. but we would have skipped it because it is a stupid skeleton episode yes. uh you know in the middle of the black phoenix arc uh, we did start that last time cuz i did the the phoenix iki episode yes. uh we know that the you know Kind of what is happening, the the Black Saints are attacking, we will be skipping an episode in which Shun is accosted by one of them, <laughs> and we get a feel for, okay, they're all, they're all evil palette swaps of, of the main cast. Yeah. Uh, they are individual characters, they are Icky's actual friends, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it, it's an ongoing thing. But this uh, is an episode that takes place in the midst of that where Shiryu has traveled off to, uh, you know, get the cloths repaired. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is Beware Shiryu, the Cemetery of Cloths. Um, and the only notable trivia with this one, because uh, it is it is Saint Seiya, we've, we've, we've said... What, <laughs> Dan scoured the internet. You know, what, what, whatever trivia there is, uh, we've probably already given. But introduced in this episode are two important characters, Mu and his telepathic apprentice, Kiki. <laughs> Um, they, you know, become major players in the series from this point on. Oh. Mu, in particular, uh, is one of the twelve gold saints. Oh. We do not have any hint of that in this episode. Yeah. We know that he's a powerful character, but mm-hmm. we don't know the nature of his power. That's interesting. They felt very one-off to me. Oh, no. So no, they're no, here. They, they're they, here to stay. Yeah, they're, they're in for the long haul. Uh, he's one of the twelve gold saints, and he wields the Ares cloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's not indicated yet. Uh, as of now, he acts as a cloth blacksmith, repairing cloths that are damaged beyond their natural regenerative capabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case it's, it has been a bit since we first started Saint Seiya, but the the mystical cloths can repair themselves yes. from run-of-the-mill damage, but if they are shattered or broken beyond a certain extent, it's a you, you need a special mm-hmm. uh, technique to heal them. Um so uh, Mu is is intended to act or fill that role in this realm, but it is not an easy process. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, his you know uh, his apprentice Kiki, the little telepathic child, <laughs> yeah. actually starts hanging out with the group. Like he travels back with Shiryu and chills as like the kid character uh... for I I'm pretty sure 
the remainder of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so he only occasionally does the plot remember that he has telepathic powers and can do things with them, but he he hangs out, mm. you know, as like their sidekick yeah. for a while. Um, so uh, we start where uh, <laughs> to say a surprise. I visit Dan. <laughs> yeah. I got a clean. Yeah. <laughs> um, I expected more cum stains, Dan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about the kids are listening? Well, I don't care about them. It's Halloween. <laughs> but uh, but but Saya uh, is living in a boathouse down the Jersey Shore. Yes. Uh, right on a the common dock. thread. We found her first. <laughs> right on the port. Yeah. Uh, Sayori uh, visits him, which is unexpected because. Up until this point, as Saya notes, she's been acting like their manager, not like <laughs> An their... icy, frigid woman. Yeah, like she's maintained a professional distance and has not, you yeah. know, so they, she didn't, you know, they're not expected to be visiting each other. Uh, Saya originally answers the door, but he's not decent. He's, his hair's dripping. Yeah. He doesn't have a shirt on. So he quickly scrambles behind the door, cleans up the clutter, mm-hmm. and gets dressed. Um, you know, Se- uh, Sayori brings in this letter, this ominous blood-stained blood. letter <laughs> from Murderville, <laughs> from uh, Phoenix Iki, that was delivered to the Keto Estate. Uh, inside, it uh, contains a demand for a challenge in one week's time in uh, Murder Valley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with, you know, and everyone will be bringing their respective limbs of the gold Sagittarius cloth. Again, where yes. we left off last time, and this is seemingly a duel to decide who gets to claim that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know you also got a larf out of the fact that Siori goes to her observatory oh, to chill. Oh, I wrote, hold on, I wrote it down. It says, it says uh, Jonathan sought comfort in the planetarium. Yes. <laughs> I got it here. Among the stars. Even like, if... that got me good, gal. Um, so Seiya is kind of, uh, you know befuddled by Sayori's sudden concern for him, uh, because, you know, Sayori seems concerned that that he's going to go into a fight without the cloth, in which case he will be, although a skilled fighter, he'll be a regular dude Mm -hmm. fighting someone with, you know, super-powered armor, Mm -hmm. uh, and she feels that he's hot-headed enough to try that. Uh, But Seiya replies that he is not a dumbass, (laughs) and that he, you know, uh, doesn't care what those bastards do. He will, you know... He'll fight whoever he has to fight. And then we're off to the misty hills of New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. The, 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 the transition is just that uh, Seiya is more concerned about what Shiryu is up to, mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, where we last left off, ventured out to get the dragon and Pegasus cloths repaired yeah. after they pretty much, dest- you know, almost destroyed Punched them in their, that their fight. that too hard. <laughs> to resuscitate him. <laughs> Uh, Shiryu visits his master, the small purple man. I said it's just purple troll doll. It is. <laughs> it's just a troll doll. <laughs> it's never acknowledged. He's just like an elf or something. Yeah. It's, but it's never addressed. He's just small and purple. Mm-hmm. He's got Yoda ears. Um, but uh, a recurring thing with him and his master is is water and water combat. Water? So water. I water. I I. You don't try to uh, my fair water, lady me water. <laughs> I've never had a glass of water. I've never had a glass Dan. of water. <laughs> uh, who are we, Kathy Bates and Dolores Claiborne over here? <laughs> water, Dan. Take a the drink. The winding water that... No, I you can't. can't make love to a bush. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically his his master in, in the previous episode had sent uh, Shun Li, who is, I think, his girlfriend... 
Uh, I don't think it's his sister. Eh, I think it's his girlfriend. It's kind of up in the air, isn't it? I forget. I should have researched that beforehand. But she was sent back to, to tell him that their master is was dying. Um, but Shiru returns, the master is fine, and he's like, Oh, so you let your emotions cloud your judgment, and the, you lost the fight accordingly. Um, and Shiru is like... You know, how is it possible that any warrior will, would have no emotion and no not feel anything? Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know, but that's who you must be. Yes. So, uh, using, like, a water technique, uh, the master fires a bunch of... <laughs> Energy beams. Well, they're water spears, yeah, he well, says. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Spears of water is what he calls them. They're water bullets. But they look like energy beams. Like what those shrimps do. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I don't know why he has to, like, green glow the water behind him, but sure. Because it's a, an effect they repeat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Shiryu has to, like, punch his way through this onslaught of water arrows. Um, and he does, but the master notes that instead of advancing forward, he was, you know, jumping back into the left and, you right. know, getting pushed back. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, it's it shows a lack of conviction. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to keep pressing forward even yeah. as an enemy's attacking. And that's you. the Dan. I was like, all right, this is a Dan episode. Yes. <laughs> it's like, there we go. Yes. He gets a stupid kung fu <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> master segment. I was like, all right, all right, Dan, pick this one. Good. Uh, of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, it fits. But the, the master does stress that this training, you know, whatever strange the message may be, is, you know, vital for where he's going, which is Jameer. Um... The so, the line between China and India. You can look it up, said Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's in the Himalayas, yeah. and it, it's like uh, even the local Himalayan people won't lead me to Jameer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is it is a land that is known as the Cloth Graveyard <laughs> because many uh, you know uh, saints have ventured there and met their demise, um, seemingly in search of this master Mu. Yeah. Um, so Shiryu is of course unwavering. And uh, he he heads there uh, as he's wandering through the Himalayas. Uh, they they don't take a chance for a Yeti reference, but he take does. Take a chance, take a chance, take a chance. Uh, we gotta incorporate Abba somehow. I mean, we gotta. That's yeah. always a unifying. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, he gets lost in the fog <laughs> and quickly realizes that this place is covered in bones. Yeah, bones, uh, skulls, <laughs> ribs everywhere, um, and they're brittle bones at that. They shatter at the touch. Uh, but, you know, in a, in a cool little test of his power, Shiryu actually parts the mist. Yeah. yeah. Is he, yeah again, Gets rid of the mist filter on the anime. Yes. Yeah. His water technique. Um, but uh, quickly, the, the bones start reforming into spooky skeletons. <laughs> and um, I was scared, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the chi- if we could put in the teeth chattering effect. Just <laughs> None of these episodes really filled me to the brim with fear. So, you know, sure. uh, but they're they're very big skeleton saints. Uh, previously, Real scary. of all yeah, of all of all the the uh, the saints who had perished there previously, uh, they're seemingly led by one of like there's one in purple armor who's like bigger and stronger as yeah, a skeleton. They're just bones. <laughs> you can punch them. Um, but uh, well, they have a lot of calcium. So, uh, so. 
basically they the get, black cauldron. <laughs> yeah, they gotta. I, I can only th- I can only think of like, the stupid dem bones. Yeah, like, <laughs> roll them bones, roll them bones. But you know the the skeletons are like you know only those who can get past us can can advance to Simu, and you know if you lose you will be trapped here for all of eternity. In our with club us. of ghouls. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to join your club of ghouls. <laughs> Which I was like, they missed the ghoul scouts. <laughs> yeah. But I... Then you pointed out, that could be what our fans are called. Literally. <laughs> the is club that of what ghouls. you're called? <laughs> yeah, our club of ghouls. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, maneuvers that, like, at one point they do a skeleton stack. Yeah, and I put down, like, <laughs> why in media, since Castlevania, do skeleton stack equal great power? <laughs> so... It's just a stacked tower of bones. It's just, yeah, they, they stack on top of each other for more coverage. Uh, they line up in a in a vicious onslaught against Shiryu, but recalling his master's teachings, Shiryu presses forward. Uh, he does not allow himself to get, like, knocked to the side or back, and, you know, punches his way through the skeletons. Um, when he finally, you know, defeats all of them and the mist clears, mm-hmm. uh, he can see that he's on a very perilous Indiana Jones <laughs> cliff, uh, cliff yeah. where a bunch of skeletons are impaled beneath him. So yeah. if he had deviated from that path at all, he would have met his doom. Yeah. Uh, so, doom. Yeah. Doom. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, he gets, uh, you know, to this one peak where he sees what he calls a mansion, but it's a it's a stone a pagoda. Uh, Common thread, mansions. Yes. Uh, they yeah. do pop up. Well, of course. Yeah. Haunted houses. Uh, so this, uh, this little guy, who we now know is Kiki, <laughs> yeah. uses telepathy to hurl a bunch of rocks at him, which Shiryu easily gets out of. Um, you know, and Shiryu, again, demonstrating his power kind of does a series of, like, air punches mm-hmm. and slices through uh, this pagoda, kind of toppling it in one solid Literally piece. knocking one layer out of it. <laughs> um, but this little telepath says, no, like, no, 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 I'm, I'm Kiki, my master, <laughs> Moo, has been right beside you the entire time. And sure enough, this, this very strange figure named Moo emerges, uh, and he instantly starts doing the Yoda thing, like, no. It, yeah. Like, whatever you're here for, like, Shiryu shows him the two cloths, and he's like, these cloths cannot be repaired. It is impossible. Mm-hmm. And Shiryu is like, but I gotta do this for my boys. I gotta, <laughs> they're all relying on me. Yes. You know, wh- is there literally no way to do this? And he's like, well, there is yeah, a way to do way. this. You know, show me what those lips do. But, but it, <laughs> it could, it could cost you your life. Yes. Um... And this was partially my fault. I, when I was planning this out, I I thought that it took place in this episode, but I should have realized it's a longer series of events. There is like a like a a dangerous blood energy ritual mm. thing that's needed to fix these cloths, yeah. uh, which is what Mu is referring to, and they will do in in subsequent episodes. Um, but, uh, I mean, we get a little bit of cloth lore, like, mm-hmm. like, Moo explains that the, the cloths are, are dead, and, again, this dangerous ritual is the only way to do it. Yes. So Shiri was kind of left at a crossroad. Uh, Seiya doesn't want Shiri to die, but if he doesn't sacrifice himself for these cloths, they will probably perish facing anyway. the Black Saints anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, there is this scene where Shiryu is seemingly knocked from a cliff by a, a more phantasmic-looking version of Mu uh, being murdered, uh, which Seiya seemingly sees as a vision and wakes up mm-hmm. from. Um, he stresses over Shiryu's treacherous journey. Don't die, jackass. <laughs> and, uh, you know... He hopes that, you know, by the time the day meant where they're meant to face the Black Saints approaches, uh, he can only hope that Shiryu returns alive yeah. with the cloths. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's a recurring thing with Shiryu's character um, that he is very willing to sacrifice his well-being mm-hmm. for the immediate conflict at hand, and it's not going to be... Technically, it isn't the first time he's done this, because he already did it in that mm-hmm. first tournament, and he will, he's going to do it now, and he's he will do it again in the future. It's a thing with him that he seems to have yeah. these tendencies to give of himself uh, in the name of solving the problem in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, that is, I figured... It's no, got it, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Spooky yeah, skeletons. Solid two out of five pumpkin slices. Yeah, we, we <laughs> pumpkin can, pie uh, slices. <laughs> You know, uh, on the spooky scale, it's two birds, one stone. Yeah. We can, uh, we can, you know, uh, get some spooky stuff in there, but also cover a, an episode of Saint Say that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of two birds with one stone, uh, on to the next. All right, <laughs> so our next one is Sailor Moon episode twenty: The Summer, the Beach Youth, and Ghost. <laughs> Ooh. What a title. Um, the drawing board says that the events of this episode are filler and thus did not occur in the manga. Uh, it was cut from the original Deke dub broadcast, probably deemed as filler. I okay. Mean, yeah. Justly. Uh, this is the first episode where the Sailor Senshi do not fight the main antagonist in the series. This is also the first episode where the season's antagonists do not make an appearance. So we see no Dark Kingdom present in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the monster staff members at this episode uh, Pension house, pension home, as they like to call it, are likely a reference to the monsters, a TV series of the 60s being Lily, Herman, and Eddie. Yeah, it makes yep. sense. Even the grandpa is a vampire, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. makes sense. So we begin. Picture it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, set when the team was only Moon, Mercury, and Mars back in the our heyday of the podcast. An odd place for a spooky episode with a summer day trip, but little did I know that this would be a trope. Yeah. That the summer uh, makes way for the spook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Usagi, Ami, and Rei head to the beach with Luna in order to have a Sailor Guardian training camp. The three are staying at a pension house, um, a private beach hotel that sounds too good to be true. They got a deal. Yeah. Uh, Usagi <laughs> fantasized about a baller beach scenario with tons of boys. But that's not what... Saint Seiya, yes. Yeah, yeah. Another common thread, Dan. Uh, the gang gets lost in some neighboring woods as a storm rolls in. In the forest, a young, cloaked girl, Sakiko is picking flowers. She leads the girls to a cliffside mansion as it pours and, you know, another mansion. Yeah. Mansion. And Dr. Weird's NJ. Yeah. yeah. And it's wow. totally not creepy, but um, literally called the Adams House. So having seen Adams Family Values, this was a tie-in. I, I got the right. Yeah. yeah got the Adams were creepy. Uh, after a menacing knock, another uh, through line, knockers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, mar- the, uh, the yeah. Marley knocker. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Anyways, the group are greeted by a vampiress, Frankenstein's monster, and a wolfman lookalike. Apparently, these are the staff here. Only Usagi is creeped out. Uh, Sakiko's older father chastises the girl, and Usagi thinks that the hotel is haunted. 
Uh, creepy things just turn out to be the staff doing their daily task. Thus, we get, like, the vampires, like, Oh, I needed to change a light bulb. I'm sorry to bother you at this time. Yeah, and then the others are mad at, at Usagi for, like, don't be insensitive. Yeah, 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 I know. They're just <laughs> ugly people, Usagi. Please. At dinner, Ray reveals she picked this place because it was cheap. Mm-hmm. Very Dan move right there. Yeah, um, <laughs> Kind of like a haunted bed and breakfast scenario, which is kind of cute. A uh, wailing is heard, which is not me from the next room, but they don't, <laughs> they don't know what happens every day, apparently. And it freaks everyone out. In the hallway, a strange phantom is seen. Uh, Ray isn't sensing a monster, but did sense an incredible power somewhere within the mansion. Upstairs, Sakiko's father is hypnotizing her. She cries, and he's just doing it to, like, kind of bring out her greater power. Yes. Yes. Um, the next day, the girls are having some beach fun at their private beach. It is a rel- really small private beach. There are no yachts. There are no boys. Yeah. No tuxedo mask on a parasail. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Ami thinks about Sakiko, and I put down, but I like books. Oh, because she brought some homework. Oh, well, yeah, that's her... what you would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she brought some homework along with the beach, and the other girls are like, whatever. Um, and all the girls play ball. Sakiko watches lonely from above. Usaki is scared in the bath. Uh, constantly going like, Luna, are you there? <laughs> and this was quite a trip watching this in the, the English, English dub. Yeah, what did you think? Uh, uh, not, not. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I'm more used yeah. to the original voices now. But Luna, especially, is like, I'm a cat. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> that's that's it. Like, it's not. It, it just sounds like a regular person. Again, I don't know if it's just the inflection or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. just like. Usagi, stop fooling around. Well, it's I'm no a cat. British accent from the original dub, Dan. Yeah, so... Hello, I'm Luna. The cat. I... Yeah, it's just... it. Yeah, there's like a charm that's missing, mm. I guess. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, the rest of the voice cast doesn't necessarily bother me. It's just mostly... Mostly Luna stood out. And Usagi screaming. Yes. Yeah. The doing the Kathy ack thing. <laughs> ack, ack. Uh, so that night, Ray puts up some spirit tags, common thread, to protect the group and overhears the staff discussing a dark secret... Ami joins Sakiko outside, who knows all the girls' names from watching them throughout the day. Um, and I have to point out that Sakiko is standing real close to that cliff edge for a child. Yeah. Maybe she should take a step back. But Ami suggests that they should be friends, since she used to be a loner too. Saki's, Sakiko's father uh, takes her away, her away angrily and warns the girls to leave. Sakiko, but, but, but hey, yeah, yeah. leave a good review, <laughs> said Dan on Yelp. Um, Ami says that they should be friends, since they used to be- oh, wait, I read that. Uh, Sakiko possesses strong psychic powers, and her father has found a way to draw out these powers using hypnosis. And he's been previously mocked by people who called psychic powers fake, so this is a way to get back at them, apparently. <laughs> yeah, at the establishment, or the, the public who booed him off stage. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Usagi, that night, sees the staff worshipping at a shrine going jibber-jabber, jibber-joe. <laughs> Which- <laughs> I don't know. This is not anything sinister. It's just them doing their own thing. (laughs) Uh, Something is coming, says Rei, and the seals are removed because Rei's also there. And she's like, no, Usagi, they're just ugly. (laughs) Leave them be. Um, Sakiko's powers are used to create a ghost, kind of like 13 Ghost. It's like her her memories and power. Another great movie. 13 Ghosts. I like it. It's fine. The, are you talking about the Tony Shalhoub one? Yes, yeah. yes. I'm I talking enjoy, about the Tony yeah. Shalhoub yeah, one. I can, yeah. The mm. prince. Yeah. The, the, the mother and the child. Yeah. <laughs> the prom queen. <laughs> sure. Uh, this horse is malevolent. The evil. jackal. <laughs> D- 
All right, go on. Save that <laughs> podcast, Dan. This force is malevolent and evil, turning everyone against, you know, the scouts. And the scouts transform. Ami tries to wake up Sakiko without a slap, which we thought was coming. Yeah. Dan and I both did the gesture at the same time. <laughs> Um, who can't control the ghost. Sailor Moon's attack proved useless since this is a spirit, and Sakiko wakes up. She must use her power to make the ghost disappear. Sakiko's father tells his daughter to run, and like the one moment that's like, oh, I'm a good dad, I guess. I pushed you into showbiz, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know if I buy it, but sure, it's there. And at the last moment, Sakiko's psychic blasts the ghost away. Uh, Sakiko's father apologizes for being such a dick, <laughs> even testing her power on staff and patrons. Mm-hmm. And uh, the shrine work was just typical exorcism. Um, the girls and Sakiko the next day play on the beach and the staff are assured there won't be any more ghosts because good, they're sensitive. Um, they're actually very timid people. Yes. And horror tropes I have written down are it's a one-off psychic powers. Uh, a storm is involved and there's a loved one that's behind it. Yeah. 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 I well, just you, wanted to list some comic yeah, tropes. Well, yeah, that you we also said like seen. the the horror the, the the horror characters all stand out. Yeah. I mean, their designs we've seen not included mansion. Yeah. Yeah. But Summer. I like it. I like it I like it again, simple simple man. Mm-hmm. Um I really like it when things reference the Frankenstein uh vampire uh Wolfman, werewolf yeah. tr- like Pokémon the Pokémon manga did that too mm. with one of their like villain trios. It's it just it just you know brings a smile to my face. I'll, I'll be on board for whatever uses that. <laughs> it's it's always good. Um, but next we have a surprising episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and you know I I am glad that you were into it because I was. You yeah. know it, it, it. Pat Lieber is has been a fascinating. Oh, it it surprised me twice now. Trip on this series. Mm-hmm. We will. Be returning to it down the line because it's got quite a few movies and quite a few other episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I uh, a few TikTokers have put up scenes from the Pat Labor movies and they are gorgeous. Mm. Uh, so I would like to discuss those somewhere down the line. Um, but this, from when we covered the original OVA series, mm-hmm. I think I skipped this episode and two others to kind of give us like a streamlined... I think it was like four or five episode viewing just to keep because there was kind of a main arc and this one didn't apply to it. So I picked the stupid monster one over <laughs> this one. Uh, but it, it applies because it's a skipped uh, ghost girl episode. Yes. Uh, so Pat Labor OVA episode four, uh, the tragedy of L. This bop of an opening. That's what I have written down. Yeah, always. Always. Um, Every time. So, uh, the folks of Division 2 are called to help with a hostage situation at a video store. But Oda, uh, I think it was a recurring thing in these episodes that they're in the middle of, like, a heat wave. Yeah. So, uh, Oda is is the trigger-happy, like, brute of the group, mm-hmm. and he's getting pissed off. Uh, again, to remind everyone, Pat Labor, the dub that we're watching at times very much comes off like a gag dub. There's mm-hmm. always, like, stu- like dialogue going on, like, underneath, like, yeah. the, the main dialogue. Like, like they're all, all jokes. Um, and uh, so in this case, like, the, the hostages, or the guy who took the hostage is yelling because they brought his mom to, <laughs> to talk him out of committing the crime, and mm-hmm. he's like, no, we want, uh, you know... Money, a getaway car, and free lunches. Mm-hmm. And Oda is is really pissed off, so he just advances forward and just, like, jams the gun into the roof of the video store, 
and blows away half the building. Yeah. Uh, the criminals, you know, are stopped, but this is clearly a, a public relations nightmare. And, and Captain Godo is upset. Yeah. Well, they're, they're all, like, it's a huge shame yeah. for the entire thing, because uh, yeah. it was just a, a show of stupidity. We're public servants, Dan. Public servants. Public servants, yeah. And it's like, don't, you're not like Mazinger Z or, or Dairobo. Or you're, some autistic kid. Piloting a robot, you, mm, you know. I don't know uh, if that aged well, yeah. And I doubt that but that But this was... episode does age well. Yeah. So I, we'll, it, we'll give it the... It, the benefit of the doubt. You got to get through a few yikes points, yeah. and and but it, it, it's a. Uh, I I wanted. Th- I feel like that probably wasn't in the original. Like it was like I'm the Mazinger reference was, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of the the sharper like mean lines yeah. are added for the dub. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, Goto decides that the team needs retraining and sends them back to the academy. Yeah. Um. Where they missed this pun. It could have been a Pat Labor's day. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'll be here all week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, the, the big sheep cane comes in. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> so uh, the uh, the team arrives. They notably brought one of their labors with them mm-hmm. uh, because they're going to need. Uh, well, yeah, I think they bring two of them because they're going to need them for training exercises. And uh, again, recurring motif. There's a storm. That briefly sends them off the road. They have to, like, you know, seek shelter. Back. Yeah, uh, and they arrive at this, you know, uh, you know, basically this cadet training station. Mm-hmm. This this part of the academy. It's in the middle of nowhere, and strangely, no one else is there. Yeah. Um. So the the team decides to to take a bath. Yeah. Um. And we I have a buried man. Yeah, we get some shenanigans. I where would the, never. The guys are gonna perv on the the women in the bath next door, yeah. but before that happens, the uh, the tub fills up with blood. But Queen Kanuka, yeah, we <laughs> honestly, I've never been this invested in anime character this quick. Yeah, she is a fucking queen. Yeah, she I'll is. I'll just say that. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, she jumps out, and we get a POV gun running yeah. shot. She runs down the hall, has her gun drawn. Does corner cover, yeah. and she's, like, ready to see what happens, and, and Oda is, is passed out in the bath, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, in this, that is seemingly filled with blood. Yeah. Noah, like, runs up behind her, like, you can't go dressed yeah, in the like, buff. I don't fucking care. <laughs> and, like, throws a towel over her. I said her. it last time, I'll say it this time, Queen Kanuka. <laughs> Um, and we also, when the when the ladies were in the bath, we also did get this uh, this line about a groundskeeper. It's like, yeah. oh, there is a Mr. Sukuma. Yeah, no, Sukuma's the oh, other one. No. Gen is the yeah. the like, oh, that's the that's the groundskeeper. Gen, he's just gonna be here. You know, he he's gonna cook for you guys. He's mm-hmm. just maintaining the place while everyone is away. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, they quickly deduce that uh, this is not blood, but paint from a fake. Uh, pat like pat labor round, um, so it really scares Mr. Sakuma, who so seemingly associates this paint with something terrible, but mm-hmm. does not divulge anything to the group. Um, so later that night, Oda walks out to get a drink, but he is haunted by a ghostly girl who only says "Don't shoot." Yeah, uh, he is scared out of his wits. Yeah, yeah. very much. Uh, he's scared out of his wits. Uh, the others. Are, are, you know, hesitating to go investigate what he's up to when they look outside, which they were told not to, they look outside and see a large, 
um, lumbering labor covered in swamp grass mm -hmm. emerging from the mist and then disappearing. Yep. Um, so, oh, and it has a skeleton pilot. Yes. <laughs> Almost forgot. Another theme. Um, so uh, the next day, you know, Noah and Asuma, who were kind of like getting a little curious about what's going on here, decide to ditch their training and they go to a local shop. Uh, there, Asuma meets uh, the shop older, who was an, uh, the shop owner, who was an old man that he knew back mm -hmm. from his cadet training days. And the old man, uh, also in the shop with him, has uh, a young lady yes. who looks to us, the audience, very similar to the ghostly lady. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the old man explains that an accident occurred several months ago. A young woman who was one of the spectators at a mock labor battle was hit and killed with a paint bullet from a labor gun. But since it's so large and so close, she was, like, killed. Yes. Yeah, not injured. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, you know... Yeah, it was a, it was a big bullet from At this a... board, like... Everyone in the audience looks bored at this labor off. Yes. Um, they all have their hands on their head. So, they, uh... Yeah, so she was, she was hit and killed with the paint bullet, mm -hmm. and... You know, the assumption then is that the Academy is being haunted by her spirit. And the, uh, well, they learned that the they, they surmised that the cadet who shot was the older brother to this woman. Yes. Yeah. And then it was it ended in a joint suicide where he like carried her body into the lake with yeah. the labor. Yeah. So seemingly it explains both supernatural phenomena yeah. on this yeah. this story. Yeah. Um but uh, you know, they all kind of gather the next day and, and, and like well first they're like on the ghost thing it's like all the sites make sense because like there was like a fake bullet in like this room mm -hmm. or whatever like they're trying to deduce what happened well yeah, yeah. and then the the tragedy almost repeats itself yeah. because oda yeah. and the the other guy are in a, a sparring match and oda's labor falls over and uh the gun something pulls the trigger and it almost hits the audience, but it's a dummy round, so it doesn't go off. Mm -hmm. um, and Oda, afterwards, when they're talking about, you know, like you said, they're unpacking the ghost stuff. Um, he's like, no, 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 I followed protocol. I took yeah. my hands off of the controls yeah. when the labor fell over. So the arm just did that by mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. So uh, then they bring in Shide, uh, Shide uh, to, um, you know, kind of do a diagnostic yeah. on the labor. And he's like, oh, I had to go through a bunch of trouble to get here. Yeah. No dinner? Yeah. No bath? I haven't taken a bath. And he's like, well, I found a ghost in the machine. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, there was there was a program written at some point to make the laborer's hand close and pull the trigger. Uh, but the only person capable of doing something like that would be me. And it would have had to have been done you know, when this labor was being maintenanced yesterday. Yeah. So there's some some kind of mystery unfolding. Mm -hmm. um, but then, uh, you know, they, they meet the next day, like Noah and Asuma stage, like this little yeah. get-together. They're like, okay, we have science, as per grant, mm -hmm. they have scientific evidence that uh, ghosts are not real. Mm -hmm. So they... Uh, I'm not buying it, Dan. Yeah. Uh, they uh they go through how they found like uh an empty paint canister mm -hmm. they found a tape recorder with the the don't shoot line mm -hmm. on it um and they found a third thing which a photograph of like their yes the yeah. photograph yeah. of the of the uh mock battle yes. event is like where the okay by all means this should be the woman in this picture mm -hmm. so you know what's going on here yeah 
And they said they, like, interrogated this old man at the store, and he revealed that, like, this girl is her sister. Yes. Um, he, even though they look the, the same. Yeah, he took yeah. The, the girl at the shop in after her sister and brother mm-hmm. perished in this tragedy. Um, but then, uh, if you, if you want to cover this summation... Well, I mean, Kanuka comes in. Yeah. And she says, I'm not buying any of this. In fact, everything has a logical explanation. She's like, well, that sister, like, she, like, details every fucking thing and yeah. destroys the plan immediately. <laughs> she's like, well, that sister looks too identical to be a sister. She's clearly the girl. And yeah. this is clearly, like, a ruse that's been set up by our captain to teach us about gun safety. <laughs> and there's, like, a funny moment where the, the captain is like, you have no proof. You have a bunch of circumstantial oh. evidence. But then uh, uh, the the girl walks in, yeah. the ghost girl. It's his niece. Yeah. And he's, she's like, sorry, Uncle Goto, I told them. And like, <laughs> Shige wrote the programming that would make the, the Pat Labor fire off yeah. like, a warning shot and stuff. Like, he even said it himself, like, right here. Yeah. I was like, this queen has yeah. no right to being in this anime. She should be in her own anime. She should be the star. No, she's a great character. Yeah. And then and, and Goto's like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, it was, uh, again, it had a legitimate message. Yeah, and if Dan would have told me that, Pat Labor would have told me about gun safety in the police state. Yeah. they cool. Like, honestly. They, I was like, this went there. I was like, this is good. They People make, should watch this. Yeah, no. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, of course we recommend everything that yeah, we watch uh, here. Well, but, yeah. but Pat Labor is, is legitimately, I, I don't know why it's not talked about more. Because it, it is, it, it, it really, this episode, it's like, you know, okay, um... We have to realize that, you know, uh, even a couple years ago, cops in Japan didn't have guns. Mm-hmm. Now we do have guns, and it's like we need to realize the the responsibility of that. We yeah. cannot be reckless with this power we have, and it's and it's legit. Mm. They 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 talk about that. They talk about like bad cops covering for other bad ones, and it's they hit it there. Mm. You, you, I mean, you're not going into to pat labor. As expecting I, these things, yeah. but it surprised me twice now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for the most part, aside from, like, the cyberpunk backdrop, the characters interact like the police academy people, so mm-hmm. it's not, like, you know... Uh, but but it's taking a very progressive stance. Yeah. Especially for the time that this would have come out. This yeah. was, you know, advocating for gun safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, alas... It was a Scooby-Doo setup. Yeah. The ghost was not real. Yeah. But it was... It was just a skull mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But which wasn't even used. Yeah. So. Oh, no, it was used. Yeah. It was yeah. used for the pilot. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. So, it was it was proven false, mm-hmm. but still spooky. Yes. So. All right. And our next episode on the docket, we've got Cyborg 009, the Cyborg Soldier, episode six, Search for the Professor. So Search drawing board, the professor. Yeah. <laughs> drawing board says... <laughs> The English dub altered the references to 0012 living in the Taisho era, which would include World War One, to having lived during the Civil War and having a line at the end claim that she had been dead for over 100 years. So just to, like, place it in a more vague timeline, I guess. And, and World War One would have made sense because mm-hmm. Black Ghost would have... Yes. She would have had to have died. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, that's the, neither here. <laughs> the manga version of the story had an earlier cameo by 0013, as well as several henchmen that had kidnapped Kazumi. Uh, these cameos were likely removed to provide a surprise for the next episode. Well, we see them in the car. <laughs> yeah, we, we do. And we don't really know who they are then anyway. Uh, in the manga, 0012's origin is never stated, and she simply is simply a disembodied brain speaking to the cyborgs via her telepathy. After the jar containing her brain is shattered, she collapses her own mansion in an attempt to bury herself. Yeah, like Rose Red. So, yeah, a little bit. Well, We'll get to that. So we begin the episode with 002 is painting the dolphin along with the other teammates. Uh, 002 paints with garish designs while 005 is more simplistic and structured. Uh, 007 has this technicolor tie-dye. And 006 is drawing a dragon, which is a common theme for these episodes. (laughs) Uh, 008 gets a paint can dropped on his head and an actual fun interaction between the cyborgs occurs. It's like, oh, all right, these guys are getting some character early on. But it's soon broken up by uh, Professor yeah, Gilmore. Yeah, Professor Gilmore is worried that his lover, I'm sorry, his friend, Professor Kazumi, has not returned yet. And Zero Zero has a vision that's never explained. She goes, oh! That's <laughs> never brought up, like, what she saw. Um, uh, 003-004-007-009, and the professor motor out to find Kazumi's hat next to an abandoned car. And, you know, um, Professor Gilmore gives it a smell. I know the smell. <laughs> they deduce he's been kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been taken to a creepy mansion. But 003 thinks that he has been kidnapped. It makes sense since he is the foremost biochemist in the world. In the hands of evil, that yeah. could be terrible. That could be a dangerous asset. Uh, 003 stays with the professor as the others speed off. Joe shows off some initial D driving skills as he's like whipping around these corners for the mansion. Um, but the tire tracks end at a cliffside near a menacing mansion. Creepy. A mysterious, beautiful woman <laughs> greets the trio. Uh, 009 and 004 are suspicious. The woman is all alone waiting for her husband to return, allegedly. Recurring theme. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 007 thinks it's disgraceful that this woman was left alone, to which I bring up, we haven't seen. 007, literally the worst cyborg. You would have never told me going into this series, being that the scariest thing is we've watched almost every episode of Cyborg 009. Yeah, that's the true podcast. fright. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this whole interaction reminded me of the uh, the Captain Knuckles thing, where he's yes. trying to like... Well, my husband, wife, yeah, yeah, my husband will be home. So, oh, well, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's kind of uh, he's kind of trash at times. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in the background, we see a scary, glowy eyes watch from the shadows. Zero uh, zero seven is performing Othello, which is not a good piece to perform when your wife is alone, waiting for her husband to return from war. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Uh, the cyborgs drive away and return later that night due to 009 and 004 sensing a presence from the shadows. Uh, this is the smoke monster from Lost. So, yeah. 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 Probably better budget. So. Yeah. We're shown some creepy chess imagery, which we'll play in later. Uh, 007 is frightened of all the strange demon statues and a tolling clock. Dan pointed out that this is very Castlevania and Rose Red. <laughs> it's all the Castlevania assets. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, huge suits of armor in the hallway that 007 knocks down. 007 is mistakenly locked in a sports-slash-hunting room, and me is like, get me out, get me out, get me out. Um, uh, it was just the heat. Yeah. Uh, huge suits of armor that 007 knocks down. Oh, I, I wrote that. Uh, still, this woman moves pieces on her chessboard, controlling the house. Uh, the gang appears to be walking in circles. There's some odd, creepy music that is just specific for this episode. Yeah, they don't use again. I mean, we watched the whole series, so this does not get used again. So that was interesting enough to put down in the notes. And we should note the parallel that this is the three... This would be me, you, and Grant in a yeah. haunted... Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, with me going like, the woman of the house is in danger. But, oh, that doesn't make sense. I don't believe in no ghost. 
Grant is trying to use science to yeah. disprove yeah. the, the, the Does paranormal. science explain this? <laughs> it's clearly a security system. Um, the rug snaps up and swallows 007, but he's fine and flat. I put down, hey, Grant, look, it's Flat Danley. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just a security system, or at least that's what they allege. Uh, she has the right to protect herself being a woman alone. <laughs> what kind of security system? Uh, the rug strikes back. 007 transforms his appendages into octopus arms. Go, go, gadget octopus arms. And yeah. saves 004 and 009 from a needle trap. The gang is trapped in a crushing room, which I thought would be more prevalent in this Halloween spooktacular. Yeah, like this it, was only one, only yeah, one of these yeah. though, so. Yeah, and seem to break down doors that lead to the same room, but it's just the same animation <laughs> going over and over again. <laughs> Uh, 007 has his best transformation throughout the series, transforming merely into a, a stick. stick. Yeah. Uh, they fall through the floor. They find a picture with the woman and her husband featuring stagecoaches. But Dan, that means... Oh. But that means... Yeah, but Seven is still in denial. So what? She's got old pictures. Yeah, she's an old woman. Is there a problem with she's age? She's a cougar. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, but this is... I love how 004 passes this letter to 009, and he immediately sees it and goes... This is old. <laughs> like, all right. And it's sent during the Civil War. Hmm. Uh, we hear the menacing laughter from the woman. She reveals herself to be <gasps> 0012, Dan. Yeah. Another she, mystery cyborg. Yeah, she uh, she lured the three there. <laughs> uh, her co-workers had kidnapped Kazumi. And by this time, he'll be in Tokyo. And they wouldn't have been able to advance the plot without knowing that. Yes. So that was hubris on and her then part. <laughs> the big reveal is 0012 is the house. <gasps> Yep. Yep. Uh, urine slash acid leaks into slash this real do yeah, <laughs> yeah into this real world monster house scenario. Uh, this is the house's stomach, and they decide that the only way to escape her stomach is to focus rays on the same spot. They break the walls, and zero zero twelve sounds like she's in pain. Um, and she also utters, "This is as far as you go." An immortal line. Uh, in the drawing room, where the chess set is present, a piercing sound disables the cyborg's nervous systems, and 009 activates his accelerator and shoots through a mirror revealing 0012's cybernetic chassis. Uh, the body was just a hologram, and 0012's real body is preserved in the machine. As the house catches fire, all of them escape, seeing 0012 and her husband's shadows in an upstairs window. Uh, this is also the exact way that Suspiria the original ends. Yeah, there's parallels. Yeah. So Suspiria School a couple times in a row we've had yeah, here. Yeah, so. the house then poltergeist out of there and just immediately disappears. <laughs> uh, 004 suspects that they saw 0012's uh, soul and her husband's soul. So I was like, this is really like coming from Albert, who was like, I'm scientific, but I believe in souls. Yeah, yeah, the, the, you know, the echo of the person was there, so. Yeah, so... 007 looks back sadly, and they all resolve to find Professor Kazumi now. Meanwhile, Professor Kazumi <laughs> is being transported by 013 and the rest of the gang. Please review the episodes yeah. that we, we yeah. put we, out. We covered yeah. that. We, we know how it ends. Now we know why he was in Tokyo. <laughs> it was all explained, you see. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. We have we have come far. It's yeah. not a strong episode, but it's there. Yeah. It's, 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 it's spooky. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to, uh, something we're throwing in to sweeten the pot here. Yeah, to sweeten the, sweeten uh, the, 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 uh, bowl of treats that we're leaving on the front porch with the condition that you only take one of them, but, but they're going to be good ones. Yeah. Full know, size. A real out cream situation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
So, uh, creme de creme. Of course, we had to go with Pokemon. Yes, we're returning to our roots here. <laughs> and what else would we do for Halloween aside from episode 20, The Ghost of Maiden's Peak? Oh, and we were quoting every line. Uh, in Japan, it was called uh, The Ghost Pokemon in the Summer Festival. So again, uh. recurring thing. Um, this is this trivia is directly from Bulbapedia because uh, they course. are... They are anal about, uh, <laughs> like, chronicling every bit of info about these, and mm. I think there's a lot of it for these Kanto episodes, because they were weird back then. Yes. They had stranger plots, they had more unique Reoccurring stories. characters. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was, they, they were very much more like a show back mm. then. Um, so here's some assorted trivia. Uh, the, the priest says that the great war that the Maiden's l lover perished in happened 2,000 years before the episode's events. Uh, so that would have been feudal Poke Japan, I'm assuming. <laughs> of course. Uh, one of the uh, creatures Ghastly transforms into is a real-world animal, a mongoose, one of the few times. Mm -hmm. That happens a few times in the, in the original series, and then after a certain point, never again. Real animals are... Verboten, <laughs> you know, after a certain point. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we get the Venusaur and Blastoise fusion dance into Venustoise. And how could, who could forget? It's an illusion, yeah. but still. Uh, Ash, Misty, and Brock get some, like, festival outfits that I think uh, are reused in a lot of... It's reused in one of the ending songs, Pokemon Undo, <laughs> but it's... I feel like... We got them in a lot of English songs. They would always show them in those outfits. So mm. this was... They they liked these looks, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there is a, a real place called Maiden's Peak in Oregon. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll have a live episode from there. <laughs> yeah. Won't we, Dad? Yeah. We'll set yeah. up shop. We really wasted this episode when we go to Maiden Peak. <laughs> um, the... Uh, the Maiden's Peak statue is almost identical to the Ori Calcum statue <laughs> that appeared in, in early episodes of the Slayers anime series. Sure. So another, another big anime, yeah. possible anime references. Um, there are many Japanese cultural <laughs> really? references. Really? You don't say? God, these trivia facts are not yeah. as good as I thought. Huh. <laughs> Maybe one should have pre-read, Dan. <laughs> Just saying. That's the scariest part oh, of all. We're <laughs> here. You got to finish the whole list, Dan. Um, so uh, <laughs> the festival is the, the first, first time Misty's seen with her hair down. <laughs> well, look at that, Dan. You really got them all. Uh, the ghastly in this episode is the only one known to date that is able to speak and shapeshift. <laughs> But we knew that, and he speaks well, with... Well, the other one's sitting right across from you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who... Uh, but it's, uh, it's Mewtwo's voice actor, Yeah. also. Uh, this is uh, the this was the first episode to feature another Pokemon talking besides Meowth. Another episode that does it, a ship full of shivers. Uh, hap you know, it happened in the Orange Islands, and that was where Ghastly and Haunter were... They were... Lovers? Messing with people, oh, and a, never, never, never <laughs> messing with people in a in a <laughs> ship because uh, their trainer had passed away, mm. uh, who was like a he was like a pirate or something. Mm. Uh, the there's a the kanji on the fire extinguisher is is left on it, but that is a big deal because as like Dogasu and the other people who chronicle yes. this stuff, they were very hesitant to leave Japanese kanji intact. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I think by the time they get to Hoenn, they started switching to like a fictional language that's just like Pokemon script, yeah. so they don't have to do that anymore. Um, and we also, you know, obviously the stickers. 
the anti-ghost stickers. Yes. Um, and this is the first episode to feature a real ghost. <laughs> a real ghost. A real g- g- ghost. As the uh, the spirit of the maiden legitimately shows up and speaks with Ghastly at the end. <laughs> Of course, Dan. Thank you for detailing all of that. Didn't know this episode could go that deep. The more you know. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Number 50. Yeah. The real ghost. So I don't know. Yeah. But Dan slaved away at copy and pasting those jokes <laughs> from Hopepopedia. Yes. Just so you know, audience. You really sweated. Okay. But there are there are other tidbits. Um <laughs> That, you know, there's a lot, I think a lot of, you know, we remember this episode fondly. <laughs> yes. Other people in our age group do because it was a very weird episode. And it's one of those episodes that probably would not be made today with this context because it's got a lot of references to, like, Shinto stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's got a cross, like an actual crucifix appear. Well, not a crucifix, that's gotta have. Just a cross. Just a cross. Yeah. And then, uh, no Jesus present. you know. It's, it's got a penny. <laughs> A penny, you know, an actual detailed yeah. one cent piece. So there's all these, and I think this is also the episode where a bunch of fish appear in the background in a tank. Mm. So it's like they were still, we've covered this, but they were still figuring out the world yeah. here. Um, and just going back and reflecting on it, this would have been a very weird little batch of episodes. Yes. Because. Um, Immediately yep. before this, you had Tentacool and Tentacruel. And, and the Island Adventure. Yes, the, the, yep. yeah, the, the Island the of the Giant and Pokemon. Island Adventure Tentacruel is how it went. Um, you know, which was just a, a very weird, like, kaiju reference thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that episode famously stopped airing after 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but very weird, tropey episodes. And then, like... By the looks of it, like, three or four episodes later, we meet a regular Ghastly and a Haunter and a Gengar, Mm -hmm. and obviously, you know, that Haunter accompanies Ash for the Sabrina gym battle. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I was just reflecting on this when we were watching. It's, It's like, this was an episode made purely to tell a weird little ghost story. Yes. Like, they didn't have to introduce Ghastly because a Ghastly was going to show up when they did the stupid Pokemon Tower episode. Mm-hmm. So this was literally just put in there to do a weird little one-off ghost episode mm-hmm. um, that, you know, had no plot significance. A spooky, scary, spooktacular episode. So, yeah. Spooked episode spooktacular. <laughs> and it felt like that was, you know... Obviously, they always made a big deal when a Pokemon would make its debut, and... You know, but then it kind of it fell into a pattern where that became the only selling point yeah. until they started the kind of right ship with how they wrote this series. Mm-hmm. But you know, originally they would just show up at random, and it would be more emphasis put on the story, yeah. uh, which we will get into now. Yes. Uh, so traveling by ferry from the holiday resort of Porta Vista, Porta Vista. <laughs> to to Maiden's Peak, Ash and his friends find out they have arrived in time for the annual summer festival. There's that thread, summer theme. Uh, when they decide to go and enjoy it, uh, Brock sees also the other, the, the, the Cyborg 009 with the uh, the ghost girl. Yeah, purple hair. It's always the, the yeah. Tanabata festival in the yeah. summer. Yeah. Um, so they decide to go and enjoy it, and Brock briefly sees a beautiful girl with flowing purple hair and a red flower on mm. her head, uh, standing on a nearby pier. 
Uh, he immediately falls in love with her, but after being run over by a group of tourists, he noticed that the girl has disappeared. Uh, Pikachu is the only other member of the group that seems to, to notice. Uh, and it says that, this summary says that Pikachu notices that it's a ghastly. Well, but I, I think don't... he does, because he's like, oh, I'm concerned, but no one understands my speak. It's like the animal sense, yeah. I guess. It's like, eh, there's one of there's one of me dicking with these yeah. people right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, Team Rocket are following <laughs> in a bucket behind yeah. the ship. Uh, they arrive at Maiden's Peak, and they, you know, they're trying to... When they're emerging from the ocean, James sees the same girl mm -hmm. and also immediately falls in love with her. Uh, they then decide they're going to scour the festival grounds... <laughs> for dropped coins. For any spare change that has been dropped. Been there. Um... That. So, uh, you know, again, they, so they've both seen this girl, uh, but she quickly disappears. Uh, during the festival, Ash and his friends meet an old lady. Uh, she warns... <laughs> Who is just the old lady. <laughs> just know, the old lady. An old lady. Uh, but a recurring character model, yes. as you said. Yeah. Uh, she warns Brock that he should beware a young, beautiful girl who will lead him to a cruel fate. Uh, after the old lady insults Misty, and, and uh, you know, Misty decides that she's going to take her the, the boys out of there. Um, yeah, so yeah, Misty gets insulted, takes them yeah. away. Uh, Team Rocket is putting their plan into action, and they find, a, uh, a again, the very detailed one-cent mm -hmm. American uh, penny. Yep. Uh, so they uh, go to retrieve it, but they're interrupted by the old lady. And uh, as in the case of Brock, she mentions that the same fate is seemingly approaching James. Mm -hmm. Then an officer Jenny appears, takes the coin, and says that you know when uh, when money is found, they gotta file a police report a to cab. return it to a the cab. But again, I don't know if this was like if if in the the original version this was like a yeah like a a, a higher Hundred, form yeah. of money, but five thousand yen coin. I don't know. But we can chalk it up to Team Rocket's bad luck that they have an overzealous officer Jenny doing this. Um. When she suggests that they follow her down to the station to fill out a report, uh, Team Rocket kind of stammers that it's all alright, they don't need to go down to the station, and they flee the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, both Ash's group and Team Rocket head for the Shrine of the Maiden. <laughs> um, they uh, they see the, one of the main showcases of this festival, oh. <laughs> a 2,000-year-old painting of the Maiden. And that painting? Of me. It's me! Yes, it's me! <laughs> Um, Brock and James both realize that this girl in the painting is the same girl they saw before, and they attempt to approach the painting, but the presenter blocks them. Because <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, it's a big deal for this this festival. Mm -hmm. uh, he then tells the story of the maiden, who waited on the cliff for her loved one to return from some overseas war, uh, and while she was waiting for him, uh, she turned to stone. I don't know if Grant would buy that. He wouldn't buy. No. He'd, yeah. he'd be shoot, poking holes in this. Yeah, I'd be like, thing. I don't know if that's true, guys. <laughs> Turn to stone, <laughs> really? That's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. Grant has to be the egad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> suka suka. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe in no ghosts. Grant has a small building shaped like his face yeah. that, like, yeah. <laughs> propels rockets out of it. <laughs> He's not here to dispute this. I mean, so. Christmas is coming, and so is Grant, so we'll see. Um, He's going to get you good, girl. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the, the two groups decide to go and take a closer look at this cliff, which has, like, a separate shrine on it uh, where the maiden statue or rock formation is. 
Um, while they're doing this, Meowth formulates a plan to steal the painting because it can sell for a lot more money because than Because real-world art sells higher than Pokemon, Dan, <laughs> as I tried to tell you for years. Yeah, a good lesson. Uh, so as night falls, Brock is still on the cliff. Um, he kind of just, you know, Misty and Ash are going to go down to the festivities, mm-hmm. but Brock is just going to sit there staring forlornly at the statue. And he's like, just go on without me. I'll yeah. be fine. I'm just going to stay here. And all the while, he's musing, like, I missed you by 2,000 years or <laughs> such. Uh, James is also, I think... It's the most beautiful rock there? he's ever seen, Dan. Yes. And he's seen a lot of rocks before. He would. Um, <laughs> yes, he would. Uh, so, yeah. They're at the Pokemon Center, the local <laughs> one, and uh, the Pidgey... The strong arm of the law. Yeah, the curfew is yeah. active. It's 11 o'clock bedtime! Which, again, we we don't think that the pokemon center could enforce that legally and we don't see them ever it's do like it a again hostile situation yeah but she's like you kids need to be in bed yeah. it's bad for the skin so uh you know but brock never returns so uh they go searching for him the next day uh i think oh no no meanwhile uh team rocket are kind of tied up caterpie style mm-hmm. in their sleeping bags in a tree yeah. meowth briefly awakens to see the the ghost of the maiden seemingly emerging from the shrine but she hypnotizes him back to sleep so he thinks it's a dream um and then uh she wakes up james yeah it wakes up james who was then ensnared uh the next day both parties i don't know if james would fall for her just same. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. He's not. He's not really played that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but <laughs> meh. I, they needed the two oldest dudes. So yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of storm clouds brewing. Another mm-hmm. recurring motif: strong winds. Um, and uh, you know, the next day they're both. Lo- you know, both parties are looking for their respective missing folks. And uh, you know, Okay, yeah, sorry. This this summary is really wonky. Hmm. Um the <clears throat> Maybe you should write your own, huh? So <laughs> So <laughs> Please send all to Dan Ryan <laughs> at gmail.com. Oh <laughs> so um Perhaps I should turn you into books so that way one of us can read the other. <laughs> um But okay, there but there was a thing where, you know, the the maiden takes both of them into the shrine the yes. previous night after and does unspeakable things to them that the, night the entire <laughs> night, uh, but both parties do eventually find them and Jesse solves the mystery by starting the Team Rocket motto and reflexively James replies to it from within the shrine and him and Brock emerge. That's like if you sing "Give Me a Man After Midnight" and then I'll have to. <laughs> I need a hero. Yeah, yeah, I need a hero. He's, oh yeah, he's close. He's close. Um. So, uh, you know, they are thrown out of the shrine, and, you know, as they're trying to kind of get them to snap to their senses, the old lady reappears and, you know, kind of reiterates her warning about the ghost of the maiden. Uh, Ash's Pikachu shocks James and Brock, and the two seemingly revert to their, you know, if they come to their senses. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all head inside, and the old lady states that, you know... <laughs> young men. All young men. All young men. Who pass through this area kind of uh, fall into the curse of this maiden, and... Uh, I'm assuming that it was probably cut out of the dub, but there was probably a line in the original that they all meet some terrible fate Mm -hmm. uh, by maybe leaping from the cliff. Death by Snooze Snoo. But but Team Rocket fell off said cliff earlier, and they were okay, so unless they missed the rocks. Uh, So they decide to protect themselves by going, uh, (laughs) by buying a large quantity of Okuda, (laughs) uh, given to us as anti-ghost stickers. 
and placing them around the shrine and the two cursed uh, folks. However, when night falls, they note that the stickers do not work. Uh, in the case of Brock, they just fall off, mm-hmm. and then James were apparently James's were apparently discounted. <laughs> they were freebies. Yeah, two for one, yeah. wh- whichever whichever ones the twerps bought. Um, so the ghost of the maiden appears, and Ash and the others try to prevent Brock and James from being pulled out into the sea. Now we were really maiden. stupid children because I remember this being the majority of the episode, and it's really two minutes. Yeah, if it, yeah, it, it mm. is not a very. Uh, the climax probably would have yeah. blown us away as children, but yeah. it uh, not so much now. No. Um, so uh, Jesse shoots the ghost <laughs> with, with a bazooka, bazooka. Um, and the ghost of the maiden summons the little bloodborne dudes yep. uh, to yep. to terrorize everyone. Ash starts scanning with his Pokedex, assuming that is you know it's a Pokemon doing this, but with no results. No dumbass. However, when he you know turns around, the Pokedex does identify the ghost of the maiden as a ghastly. Um, you know, who is also not only, you know, he, it's a ghastly impersonating the maiden and also impersonating the old lady. Ghastly, the Shakespearean actor Pokemon. <laughs> so, uh, all, all these roles in one, uh, it's like Dear Evan Hansen. Um, uh, but, uh... <laughs> you wound me, sir. Uh, Ash challenges it to a battle. Uh, Ash commands Pikachu to start the battle, but Ghastly summons the illusion of a living mouse trap to scare Pikachu off. What better to scare Dan off than <laughs> a mouse trap for a rat? Um, uh, Meowth also this anti-Irish spray. <laughs> Would that be? I don't. I don't know. Garlic, no cilantro. Be like, what better to fend off Dan than cilantro? That's true. Yeah, that would Dan yeah. would run. That would yeah, it certainly work. He's a taster. Uh, <laughs> so... I am an eater. <laughs> <laughs> and together we are yeah. unstoppable. <laughs> um, uh, Meowth steps up, but Ghastly summons a uh, a ball a ball of yarn for him to play with. I just want to say a ball of yarnum, uh, but. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse sends out Ekans, but quite famously, Ghastly conjures the image of a mongoose. A mongoose. Uh, coughing also emerges, but the the mongoose he just sits on, a gas on it. Um, so yeah, so they're all pretty much hopeless to fight this this ghastly this op ghastly that yep. they are facing. Can't um, do that in the games, can you, Dan? Yeah, no. He uh, he. I summon a gun. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, gadget, actual gun. Uh, but then they, uh, Ash calls out Charmander. Uh, Ghastly summons the fire extinguisher, uh, so Ash recalls him. Uh, he then summons Squirtle and Bulbasaur, but Ghastly summons the illusion of a Venusaur and a Blastoise, who then do the fusion dance into Venustoise. Mm. Uh, who doesn't, who doesn't do anything either. He kind of disappears off yeah. camera. Um, Ash just goes, we're beaten. So uh, Misty tries another strategy. Jesus, faith. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she pulls out a cross, garlic, and a stake and a hammer. Uh, Ghastly is rather offended that they assume he's a vampire of some kind. You know, he does have the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the but sun... the sun still irks him. So yeah, yeah. The, okay. The, the sun starts to rise, and uh, Ghastly, hating sunlight, disappears, saying that the ghost of the maiden and the old woman will return. <laughs> for next year's festival. I play many roles, Dan. Some... An old woman. <laughs> I'm needed... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotta go... Uh, I gotta go to LA now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So the next day, as the festival continues, the, you know, the, the festival goers send out 
the the lantern boats in memory of deceased mm-hmm. individuals. Here, it's just said to 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 guide the spirits mm-hmm. to another place. I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean. I know what they're doing. Don't touch the water. Yeah. Um, you know, but but everything is back to normal, and uh, we we see that Ghastly, you know, uh, well the the maiden. No, Ghastly is on one of these little ghost boats, <laughs> yeah. and he's like. You know, I just do my yeah, what I, I can. Make your to... legend live forever, and if I do a good job, I get a tip out of it. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, the the maiden, the actual ghost of the maiden, thanks him for helping because mm-hmm. she's she's not a malicious spirit, so she's not capable of this. But apparently, Ghastly makes his living going around and making local myths a reality yeah. to to you know keep the legend alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone gets to keep partying. <laughs> and uh yeah and then that's and ghastly is like i am a ghost so maybe i'll see your beloved on the other side and perhaps then your true love will ghost return remains peak ghost thanks bye yeah exactly goodbye goodbye yeah and that uh i believe that concludes uh. The stupid, spooky, skipped Halloween episode spectacular. Well, before we crown a spooking, <laughs> do we have any initial thoughts on these episodes? Anything that stands out to us? I would say some of them that I expected to age a little bit better aged like molasses. Yeah, yeah. The the, the there wasn't a lot of uh, the Pokemon episode ended really quickly. Yeah. Um, it's real Yu Gi Oh twenty twenty happening there. Uh, things from our youth did not age as well as we would hope. Yeah. But I was surprised. You know, some of them stood out a little bit more. Yeah. Common tropes throughout. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of spooky skeletons. A lot of... Uh, <laughs> a lot of... Spirits uh, and ghosts. Anti-ghost stickers. Yeah. A lot of purple-haired women. Yes. Yeah. Stickers. <laughs> Beaches. Summer. Moo also had purple hair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the color so, of ghost. So it's... I thought this was fun. Yeah. I Like I said, Fox Box attitude. I like it. That we had a common theme going going back and forth between each other. Yeah. yeah we should do this more often. Dan. No, we've discussed it. And yeah. I think we will be returning to this format in some mm. way. We're we... going to have to spook or skip more spooks, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> well, we've also skipped a lot of dinosaur episodes. Oh, but not doing know. a dinosaur episode, um, Dan. I'm but, sorry. you know, we, we can do... We want to, we'll try to do more of these mixed uh you know Eggs. series episodes <laughs> i think it was fun yeah. i think it was fun yeah all right well the contender who is the spooking my vote goes to sailor moon explanation uh <laughs> it, it was the most complete it had a lot of charming character designs the heroes of the episode did things mm. and they resolved it in a legitimate manner like it had a lesson uh, you know uh, ami was you know the one to impart it. Mm. It's like, you're not alone. You can have a life besides this. You can have friends. Yeah. And the the plot comes full circle. Uh, you know, um, Pat Labor probably doesn't make for a great fun Halloween episode because mm. it does have a much more sobering message in it. Um, Saint Seiya was only partially spooky. In <laughs> uh, Cyborg 009, you know... Similar to Sailor Moon, also good, but the characters don't do as much. Yeah. They kind of, they don't take advantage of the living mansion type thing. And that trope has been done, like, like JoJo's has done, like, the, the living location thing. And it could have been a lot of fun. It could have been a lot of, like, a lot more, 
exciting, you know, traps could have been deployed in there. Yeah. Uh, and it really only gets resolved because Cyborg 009 punches the mirror and then it just explodes. Mm-hmm. So I'd say Sailor Moon is the most complete, spooky mm-hmm. experience. So I will give my pumpkin crown to that one. Interesting, because I give the pumpkin crown to Pat Labor. Ooh. Episode four, The Tragedy oh. of L. Oh. I thought that this was an episode that I expected to go one way and did not go there. Mm-hmm. It taught us an influential lesson on gun control, yes. which is always a plus. Pat Labor keeps surprising me, Dan. I'm glad. Uh, yeah. I mean, this isn't like the typical horror Halloween episode. It's more like we go to a spooky loca- location where there is an alleged ghost story. Yes. It turns out not to be that. I mean, we had the queen, Kanukos there, <laughs> who I would crown any second of any day hmm. as the best anime character. So, Dan, once again, you have bested me against my own spooky game <laughs> and brought out Pat Labor and won by doing nothing, a la Luigi. Um, I think in close running, I could see the the consensus on Sailor Moon though. Mm-hmm. Like they they do have spooks there that they vanquish easily. Yes, and uh, they come together as greater characters, bonding with the group. I would say that um, uh, not Gundam. Why am I saying Gundam? Pat Saint Seiya. No, Saint Seiya mm-hmm. had a um, you know, just spooky skeletons. Yes, <laughs> it was spooky by association. <laughs> association. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pokemon did not age. <laughs> Unless I thought it was going to. Yeah. So mea culpa on that one. And then what was the... What, what else did... Cyborg 009. <laughs> Cyborg 009 oh was also good. <laughs> Dan, where am I? You're so old. <laughs> no, Cyborg 009 had a... I mean, that that's probably like the third one. It goes yeah. like that. Sailor Moon. Cyborg 009. Uh, had a good Halloween atmosphere to it with a spooky, sinister cyborg. Oh. Um, so, but I, I think Pat Labor, you know, it, it's given me more than my eyes could see, Dan. I'm I'm very pleasantly yeah. surprised that you that you enjoyed it to that extent. Yeah. I mean, again, it it was it was one of those things where I I sat down to watch, you know, way back when we first did the first episode mm-hmm. on it. It it really it surprised me. It it was like. People should be talking about this little show because yeah. it's it's such a it, it, it's a you know it's a franchise that went on for a while. It, it's not really active anymore, but it it was for what it was doing, animation wise, character wise, lesson wise. It mm. always you know. So we will be seeing Pat Lieber again on this podcast, uh, as well as you know, because there's plenty more material from it to cover, and hopefully you will. Take kindly to that too. I'm I'm very pleased. Once yes. again, we did the uh, I sold my hair for the combs yeah. thing uh, that we that we I are bought you a to box. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, gift of the magi. He bought me a box of hair. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever the lesson yeah. of that was. Yeah. So. I mean, but yeah, true. Well, our spooktacular has mm-hmm. come to a close, but not for the last time. But before we go, is there anywhere that our audience can find us on social media? Uh, you can follow me at King... Spooky! Boo! At King underscore Dennis on Instagram, as well as our Jason Anime Was Not a Mistake podcast account, and our Facebook page by the same name. Now we reach the... I mean, my mind is going. I don't know where I am anymore. <laughs> you can find me at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drink and Read JK on Twitter. You can follow my other podcast, Drink and Read. Uh, if you're into classic literature, having read War and Peace, I think we might read Dune next because Ooh. a lot of people were into that. <laughs> There's twists left in there. <laughs> uh, I know. And then my other podcast, other other podcast, Nightcaps at the Theater, where we watch spooky movies and get a little drizzy drunk. Of course, mm-hmm. there's some TikTok in there. Just search Losing My Mind JK, Drink and Read JK on TikTok. I'm sure mm-hmm. it'll pop up at some point. But uh, next week, the spooks don't stop. Yes. <laughs> 
We are continuing on with a classique from the Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. A movie. Some Mutual fave of ours, I think. Yes, so. we're looking at Obayashi-san's 1977 horror classic, Haosu. <laughs> yep. And, uh, spoiler alert, it is haunted, so... Yeah, uh, you know. we'll go up to the lab and see what's on the slab, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> Grant will get to suck it. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Grant gets to suck it? <laughs> Building a, a vacuum contraption for us. <laughs> oh my god, sukusuku, yabu yabu, says Grant. And farewell. Alright, till next time. Ooh! <laughs> 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 Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcasts in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our weave horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara. <laughs> <laughs>